Hey, up your Monday. Shit, what was that? Was that Ukrainian or Russian? Hebrew. Huh? Hebrew. Hebrew. Oh, Hebrew. Wow. There's a ge too. Remember, they have the ge. Happy one. How would the Philippine Filipinos say it? Happy Monday. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta put a pep in it. Happy you know, <laughs> Happy Monday. Could you I'm do the whole interview this like that? Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, they call us racist. Even though it's a joke, it's a joke. You know, it's a joke. Yeah, well, this is a. F- you can't be funny these days. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's gonna get offended. Well, I'm I'm glad a lot of comedians are actually breaking out of their comfort zone and starting to uh, be funny. Be funny again. Yeah, that's cool. But anyways, happy Monday, everybody. Yeah. TGIM. It's five o'clock somewhere. Uh, I want to thank Samuel Arman for taking time out of his Monday all the way from New York City uh, <laughs> to join no, to join New York. That's what we keep hearing. One of my favorite cities in the world, by the way. Is it really? Oh, I can't live there by visiting. I love it. It's right? a it's a bit different now. As far as a lot of things have changed in New York over the last few years, as, when, as when they have in LA, San Francisco. When were you there last? Right before Noah was born, six, oh, six, that's, six that's and a half ago. years ago. That's when New York was still in New York, bro. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Been there twice. It was before the gentrification of Brooklyn. Yeah, but I don't know. I just Central Park. I love Central Park. Yeah. At night or during the day? Depends. <laughs> Depends on my mood. De- <laughs> Depends. Depends on the Depends mood. Depends on how I'm doing financially that day. What do you Depends do in on park what, what type of extracurricular activities I've done throughout Depends the day. Depends on how we are financially <laughs> that night. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So New York. New York. Uh, we have a great show for you guys today. We're going to be talking psychology, uh, education. We're going to be talking mental health. Uh, Sam is going to be talking about... Uh, well, before we get into the show, actually, let's talk a little bit about you because you are a teacher mm-hmm. in New York. Uh, your background is education and psychology, correct? Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself first because we want to dive into the past as far as who Sam is because you have a very, very interesting life story that, uh, you know, we off air, we told him, listen, don't get too deep into it because we want to get a natural reaction. So uh, tell us a little bit, a little bit about yourself and then we'll dive into yeah, he likes uh, getting our, our topics. Yes, yeah. that's, that's a lot of pressure now. Man. It's a <laughs> natural reaction. Wow. <laughs> all right, you know what? End the show. Let's start all over again. <laughs> uh, uh, let's go. So I was born uh, on October 12th, in, October 12th, 1988 in Gyumri or um, uh, Lenin or Alexandropol, depends on what era you're in. And I was born about two months before the Gyumri Spitak earthquake. And that, you know, claimed up to 50,000 lives, injured 130,000 people, caused billions of dollars of damage. And um, through just absolute, you know, serendipity, I was uh, eventually found outside of the orphanage. Um, a woman named Stella Gregorian, who was working through the JCC, she was right next to the building and she saw me and I was just kind of oh, like always outside. And she went to see, like to investigate. And she's from Houston and she's amazing. I love Stella. And she, she went downstairs and, you know, she went up to me and I was like, let me, let me show you inside before she could even get a word in. And when, when she walked into the orphanage, she saw it was an orphanage for mentally disabled children. And because, you know, I was severely cross-eyed. I was born with uh, strabismus, so an extreme lazy eye. 
in late 80s, early 90s in the Soviet Union, when you looked like that and you couldn't, it's not just that you look like that, but you would behave like that. So if you were cross-eyed, you would see, it would look like you're looking forward or you'd be positioned forward, but you would be seeing there. So you would walk clumsily and all these things. So um, she realized that I didn't have a mental disability. I had a physical disability. So through this massive, massive um, series of events, she basically had me brought to America, to New Jersey, to have my eyes fixed. But the, the ulterior motive was to have me adopted by an Armenian-American family. Sorry, sorry, just to go back. You <coughs> said you were 60 days old or yeah, 32 months, 50, 56 days old, mm -hmm. right? When the earthquake happened. Right. Then you end up in an orphanage or mm -hmm. right, right after the earthquake or how, how does that? So documentation there gets a little, a little shaky, but um, we know that my, my mother at the time uh, was alive, but she brought me to the orphanage and then picked me up after a few weeks and then after a month and then after multiple months and then eventually just didn't come back. So I, I would assume the Soviet Union is kind of crumbling by this point. It's the, the late eighties, you know, 91, early nineties, maybe. Yeah. Um, so you have the Soviet Union kind of wobbling. The earthquake caused immense damage. And then you, if you go to Gumri, you still see the fault it's line. Still there, yeah. yeah. You still see it. And Even some of the buildings still. There, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a the right behind the police uh, department. You see this massive broken down warehouse, and it's just like, why has no one done anything with this? And yeah, right. I mean, well, that's good that, question. That's like a that. whole nother topic, but um, yeah. So eventually, she just didn't come back, and it was it was understood that you know this was going to be where I was going to be for a while. So yeah, it was is completely serendipitous that Stella saw me, and I was. Brought to New Jersey, and my first real birthday party was, I was four years old, and I was with my, I don't call them foster parents because they're still in my life, and I, I basically call them grandparents. I, I still call them Digin Mariam and Baron Krikor. And on my first birthday party, um, they had my my um, my hero, Big Bird, and who came to, you know, the party. We're on the party. Sesame Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went nuts. And they had the photo of uh, a journalist from the Armenian Reporter, which... I don't think is operating anymore, but they snapped a photo of me smiling and, you know, it was the headline was something on the lines of, you know, or orphaned Armenian meets his childhood hero and a description of what, what was happening to me. And that was kind of a way to sort of advertise that there's this boy here and someone should, you know, adopt, adopt him if, if they have the, um, the abilities to. Now you said the grandparents, is this the f foster family in a sense? Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah. But because they're older, I call them grandma, grandpa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So, and then I was, uh, I was adopted eventually, uh, by the Armen family, um, and was brought to New York and acclimated little by little. It helps have an older brother, um, older yes. brother who's in the family. So he was a sort of a nexus between this family or, the, or rather the parents and sort of acclimating as a kid in New York. So he was, he was like a kind of a mentor, someone that I could emulate and wow. sort of try and understand you know, what was going on, the language that we were speaking. He taught me more English just from arguments than anything, than anything else. Yeah, That's how we learn through acquisition. And then the adoptive family still in the picture. You have yeah. contact. Yeah, yeah awesome, of course. Yeah. That's great. So they raised you? Yeah, they raised me. They raised me. Uh, the Armen family. So 
That's why my name is Samuel Armen. Um, and Samuel is your original name, though. Well, my original name was Samvel. Samvel, but you know, mm. I don't. I don't think Americans. My my father-in-law was from Gyumri. His name is Samvel. Really? So I guess it's maybe it's a common name in Gyumri. Do you know what the name means? No. God's question. Is it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, look at that. Wow. See, learn something. Interesting. Man. God's question. Wow, that's pretty deep. It's a pretty cool how, name. How so yeah. though? I mean, how does it? L L is well, L, it's um, it means God. Yeah. Sam means probably question. Yeah, and it's it, it's anglicized. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure the origin is Hebrew. Same with Daniel. Same with Emmanuel. Same with many of these names that have L in them. They, they have something to do with God. With God. Mm. Yeah. Have you ever connected with your biological mother? Or no, I, I haven't been able to. I tried in 2011, and what what that actually just revealed was that there is massive corruption in. Uh, in Armenia, especially in the adoption system, e- even in even in the adoption system, massive. Yeah, how, how so though? I mean, I'm sure there was documentation. Is it more of a, or no law? Uh, I, I'm just I'm just hoping it's not like a uh, a bought and sold sort of system where you were actually sold for monetary reasons. No, he wasn't. But that is a case in Armenia. Any any orphanage, any orphanage in you know second world countries. The, former Soviet countries, there's going to be some sort of foul play. I mean, it's it's naive to think that because they are the most vulnerable population that they won't be treated in such a way, but that actually makes them a pretty prime candidate. And as far as orphanages go, Armenia is you know, much better than some of the other places where it's really, really bad. I mean, at least in Armenia, you know, you can be an orphan, you can be in an orphanage at 15 years old, 16 years old. Whereas in, in you still have a chance. Yeah, you still have a chance. I mean, obviously the likelihood goes down, and if you add uh, physical disabilities and mental disabilities, that that might exacerbate things. But in in either case, I mean, when you know, in some countries, the the they if once you hit fifteen years old, you're out. You are no longer in the system, and you know what what do you do then? And there's no, no answer. There's so no actual answer. You have to fend for yourself. Yeah. And go yeah a lot of those own. countries. Yeah. But in Armenia, the system will keep you till 18. And then by law, they're supposed to provide you housing. Yeah. And they do. You, and and the facility. Not well, each and every one of them gets it. Of Some course. of them might even sell whatever they get from the government as far as the living quarters. And it's not like they're giving you a, you know, state of the art one bedroom apartment. No, it's a rundown uh, what we we used to call them as Khandrakatsaran type of deal, but it's still something. I mean, compared to other countries, you don't get anything. Well, there are facilities, though. There are really nice yeah. facilities as well, especially for people with mental disabilities because yeah. I visited them and I was as close Surprised? as I could be. Well, I mean, that was one of the you know few times in my life where I was just so ha- like so happy that I was crying because I, w- I had such low expectations after learning about corruption, you know, I, I still have the, the the naivete to believe that Armenians will always look out for Armenians, which is demonstrably false. Armenians backstab Armenians, just like any group backstabs any group. Yeah. But because I have a, you know, a, a consistent, I'm going to root for you because you're Armenian. What is it that you do? What is it that you're offering to the world? This? Cool. Let's, let's see if I can uplift it. Or support it in any way possible. Yeah, whatever it is, it, even if it's, you know, via social media, like whatever it is. But... You know, it's it, 
over time you, you learn that just people don't have that same sort of like indefatigable positivity and optimism for people just because of, they share this particular culture. And, you know, it's to, to be in such, that was the most pessimistic I've ever been. And then I visit the facilities and I see, for example, um, I walk into basically the, the sleeping, uh, cool. area, the, basically the bedroom. And I see something like 24 beds and the beds don't have, um, they don't have anything to sort of markate who would be where. And the kids come in and I see, you know, one of the kids and he looks around and looks around, looks around, he looks by the window, kind of thinks about it and then goes to one, one away from the window. And I asked the director, I said, well, how do they know which one is theirs? And he said, because so much of their life uh, lacks control, I want to allow them to choose where they're going to sleep each night. It's like that's you talk about, you know, learning, talk about mental health, talk about psychology, talk about like the the, the choices. Yeah, it's to have to have some sort of control and like to identify to have a, a something that you yourself have chosen to have like an investment. Like, I've chosen this bed. It's like you made your bed. You, you have to what, what's the idiom? You made your bed sleep in it. Yeah. So it's 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 really nice that they, they've they've given it that much thought, the thoughtfulness of it. So. That was that was very uh, relieving for me to see. So, if it wasn't for your eye disease, mm -hmm. Stella was her name. Yes, Stella she, Gregorian. She wouldn't have noticed you, and well, your the trajectory of your life would have been completely different. Yeah, there's a there's a great quote: "If you erase all your mistakes, you cease to exist. Or if you mis erase any of your mistakes, you cease to exist." It's not a mistake to be cross-eyed. Um, but it, it's more that I was someone who, according to like reports, uh, I was always kind of trying to charm everyone. Um, when parents would visit, we would sometimes put on not not like shows like dance for me, but we would put on these little shows and try and interact with the the parents that were coming to see us. And you know, two years old, three years old, and um, I would sneak off whenever there was a a, a good seeming group of parents. And I would go to them specifically and I would meet them at the door and I would say, take me home with you. So they noticed that I was, I was like just paying attention to the way people were moving and just kind of just, I guess, going off of maybe the vibe or whatever. And, um, Jeez, man, at that age, asking to basically be asking for a home at that point. Yeah. But you didn't know. Anything. Well, asking for parents more specifically, because I, I knew I didn't have parents. How we, did you know that? Because you didn't know any better. You were. 60 days old when you oh no this is this is later this is later when he's yeah. older so his mom would bring him back to the center and then pick him up again bring him back pick him up so until i was about three so then you had the mom interaction so you knew that, that, but not that, that i don't remember that i don't remember by the time she or, or, i don't i don't think i remember but the by the time she was completely out of the picture i I don't remember anything before. And the that. fact that she, uh, you were be allowed to come here with that group or late Stella, mm -hmm. that means she had to sign you over to the government, to yeah, the state. You know? Yeah, well, they they had a lot of help from a bunch of different people. It was um, I, I forgot the name of the group, um, but it involved so many different like large names. Um, but it 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 did eventuate me being 
temporarily in New York, sorry, in New Jersey for about a year on, on the specific terms of getting my eyes fixed. Yeah. So if, if I never had strabismus, uh, strabismus, I, I would never have had that opportunity, but I was just hanging out outside of the orphanage. Have you ever considered if you didn't have that eye disease, maybe your mom would have kept you? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, because surgeries, especially eye surgeries, especially at that time in Gumri, I mean, it was non-existent. Non-existent, especially besides being non-existent, taking care of a kid with special needs with no buildings in sight is another issue. And yeah, everything's ruined. Yeah, and like. Who knows how many doctors died, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. At that time, you know, the Armenian kind of mentality was, well, the first mentality was always to have a boy. You, know, you want to have a boy to continue the legacy. But anytime a child was born with any sort of physical, I don't want to call it a disability, but let's, you know what, physical deformity, for example, whether it's, you know, cross-eyed or even a cleft lip, for mm. example, a lot of the fathers in the picture and mothers of the picture would disown the child. Yeah. It, which is very, very sad. There's so many stories of children who with the cleft lip, for example, that were given to orphanages and the parents kind of disowned the child. It's yeah. like, for what though? It's, it's, it's a surgical, it's a surgical <laughs> fix and it's, it's not a deformity. There's nothing wrong with the child. Well, they see it as a shame. Yeah. Towards the family. It's, yeah. it's, it's unfortunate. And not just in Armenia, in a good that amount part of the, of world. the world yeah i mean look at majority of asian countries have that same shame yeah which is weird here you know here we celebrate kids like that yeah well i mean we try to help we we don't look down upon them that's for sure 100 percent. yeah like an insane segue but uh one of my one of my favorite um psychology writers his name is oliver Sacks. have you guys heard of him no so he insanely impressive guy he wrote this book called um the man who mistook his wife for a hat and it's about disabilities and or like mental disorders and he divided mental disorders in different ways i'm not talking about looking at disabilities in like a a woke way or whatever sort of that way but looking at it in a very very surgically precise way some some disabilities are um, deficiencies. Some are excesses. You have too much of something and some are transferences. This particular trait or this particular tendency went here or this sort of, um, there's a trade-off between mental capabilities. You might not be able to socialize, but you can see mechanics very, very astutely, way better than the average person. And I love that. I, I love seeing the world in that sort of way because one, it's, it's more, it's more accurate. And in, in being more accurate, it's also more benevolent. When, when you tell someone that they have, let's say a disability or, or deformity, you've kind of concluded the conversation. Like it is abnormal, which is, is correct. But if you just leave it at that, then you're just saying that here's everyone else and you're on the outside of that. That doesn't, doesn't really explain or um, like elucidate the the functionality of it. But now, thanks to people like Randolph Nessie, who's also an absolute G, um, who's a evolutionary psychiatrist, um, and basically looking at all these different mental disorders and saying, well, if this exists, it had to have evolved to exist. And not just evolved individually, but evolved over the 
thousands and thousands of generations of being human. ADHD, for example, very efficient to have ADHD, to have one member in our tribe to have ADHD. What are the traits of people with ADHD? How do they how do they behave? They they lose the attention span right away. Like you'll talk to them and then they'll just start talking about something that wasn't even part of the conversation, or they'll start looking to they the can, side. They mm. can't keep a conversation. Going. They can't keep it going. Yeah. One of the three of us, I think, has it. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out at the end of the night. We'll you'll figure it out at the end of the night, like these gentlemen said. So what you're what you're describing is like novelty seeking behavior. So it's you know you're having a conversation. It's like oh by the way da, 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 oh this and then mm. and then. Your, your mind is kind of going from this to this to this. So they tend to digress. But that, and interrupt. But that's the yeah. opposite of like stasis. It's the opposite of just staying in that one region. Who's going to be, who's going to be the one that, through I guess a sense of adventure or because of their ADHDness, they're told, "Hey, you can't, you can't leave this table." Okay. Two minutes later, I look away. Oh no, where'd he go? They're the ones who are going to be incidentally exploring. They're the ones who are going to be testing out, uh, and again, not in any sort of official way, but they're the ones in the tribe who are going to be testing out which foods you can and can't eat, you know? <laughs> so it's so our president has ADHD. Yeah, he's testing out. So when he walks away from the podium and starts wandering yeah. off, it's ADHD. Yeah, he's testing. But he knows all about ice cream, asshole. So you know, well, something's Bi Vote Biden. <laughs> Speaking of that, there's this, there's this book I recently ordered. I haven't started it yet. I think you would find it very interesting. It's called uh, An Immerse, Immense World, How Animal Senses Reveal the Hidden Realms Around Us. So ba cool. basically, uh, 4.7 stars, almost 4,000 reviews. This book talks about, I guess I haven't read it yet, but the summary I read was about how it discusses all the different animals' unique senses they have. And Let me see. And... Thought it was Chuck Schumer on the cover. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta show the cover now. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Ch Chuck Schumer. <laughs> I was gonna go up. Pelosi, but I, I'd, I'd want up. it to be a gentleman. <laughs> you, you said you wanted to be a gentleman. Yeah, I don't want to make fun of a woman. Definitely a gentleman thing. <laughs> I think Chuck Schumer was right on the, right on the money. <laughs> so. No, that, that sounds, that sounds amazing. I mean, senses, senses is an infinite topic too. I mean, you know, like for example, the whole five senses, like that, that's also kind of fallen out of favor because we know that there's more than five senses now. I mean, we yeah. have things like proprioception, nociception, which is, nociception is your sense of pain, which doesn't have to be touch, for example. Um, you have chronoception, your sense of time. And the interesting thing is like, just like any other sense, you can do illusions with these. Like who here has had a really, really boring ass conversation or you've been in a lecture and the person's just talking and you're like, okay, no. lecture yeah, should be done soon. Wrap it up. Yeah. Or like, wrap it up. Yeah, it's it. like short story long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I actually, I, I was speaking to this person who uh, has his own hot sauce company and I was thinking about like, the way spiciness works, there's no actual heat, but you sense heat. So that's that's entirely an illusion. It, it's really it, how about like certain levels of units, heat yeah. will you'll get like sweaty, sweaty behind your like neck and the smallest amount of just because spicy, it's an, just my head it's, starts sweating. Just because it's an illusion doesn't mean you, your body won't react to it. I mean, a lot of things that we experience are illusions and we react to them. 
So, so you're telling me that's not a physical reaction to the spiciness? What do you mean by physical? Because you, I'm you do. sweating. Well, you do. You okay? So what happens is you have receptor. First, you have obviously you have your taste buds. Your taste buds uh, have um, sensory. Yeah. Well, yes. Uh, that's the 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 gustatory sense and. But spice isn't even a taste. Spiciness is not, a, it's not registered in your brain as taste. It's registered specifically as pain. Mm. Yeah, because what salt is, is that considered taste? Yeah. Salt is considered taste. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. Taste. Yeah. Bitter, Bitter taste. Yeah. And there's one, one other one that I always forget the name of it because it's a strange word. But that, that's not the, the spiciness or heat. That that's not at all registered as taste. I know where you're going with this wow. because there was. I remember there was a there was a skit that some not a skit, but a, there was a a video that I watched on YouTube where there was a numbing cream or a numbing uh, serum that they put on somebody's tongue, mm -hmm. and they gave him different Scoville units of spice spicy peppers to eat, mm -hmm. but he couldn't taste any of them. Well, not taste again. Correct. Sense. He couldn't sense or feel any of the the Scoville units, but. You know, the next video that they posted up, he, he was mentioning the uh, the droplet that he put on his tongue. And he said, I didn't I didn't feel them going in, but I felt them coming oh, out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have the receptors there, too. Yeah, yeah. 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 So you do have receptors. There. That's why some drag addicts, when they no longer have any veins left or. No, of course. Are you serious? Of course. Are you? You never heard of that? No. Oh, yes. Gee, they start man. injecting from the rectal area. Yeah. And it, it hits you. Look, okay. Wow. Simple thing. What the fuck? If you're if you're taking let's say if you took a um a marijuana pill, right? Some type yeah. of a cannabis pill. Yeah, THC whatever you take. If you took that suppository, the effects are far quicker because it's not going through processing from through your liver. You it's know, directly going into your system. Bloodstream right away. Yeah. Next wow. time, you know. <laughs> That's crazy, Armand. And then you know all this from experience, I'm guessing? <laughs> For those of you that don't remember, I am a medical professional. So Administ I do administrative get, professional. I, I, I do asshole. get to experiment with. Administrative <laughs> professional. Get it right. All right. So the the we got from spiciness to rectum uh, so quickly. We all have ADHD. Uh, all right. So it's it's actually I know you're going with the with the taste buds you were talking about. So it's sweet, salty, sour, bitter, and umami. Umami. I guess the umami yeah. was the one that you were talking yeah. about. Umami. There was a remember umami burger. Yeah. When yeah, that yeah, thing yeah. came out, like I want to say 15 years ago, was the best burger you've ever had. It was a new trend. Yeah, yeah. Not everybody's umami. The the point though is that it's entirely an illusion, and that you you have this receptor. Uh, I think it's trip trip V five, and that that's the thing that that triggers to your to your brain that I am in I am experiencing heat right now because it's the specific thing that registers heat. So that that particular nociceptor or sensory neuron that's related to pain is firing, and it's the same exact one for being burned. Hence, why you sense you're being burned. The opposite of that is mint. Mint, mint has a like a refreshing. Yeah, not just refreshing, but cold. Cool. cold yeah, cold, cool. Yeah. That's a that's that's also on the nociceptor because mint can be actually pretty like unpleasant if it's very very cold. You get that like that like frozen tongue. I'm not talking about like uh, what we have too much ice cream. What is it called? Um, uh, brain freeze. Brain freeze. I'm not talking yeah, about a brain Biden freeze. Biden knows about that. <laughs> I think he's stuck that way. 
the the <laughs> yes, I got one. <laughs> <laughs> Only twenty nine minutes into it, that's good. <laughs> yeah, but but I mean, it's it, it is interesting because it um that that book that you're reading, they're probably going to men- uh, mention the uh, mantis shrimp. Like for example, we see uh, through our rods and cones, we see three different um, uh, groups of colors, which gives us the world that we see the visible spectrum. I think they have. 16 17 or 18 uh uh cones which makes it so they see so much more than we do in terms of colors the the mantis shrimp and this is actually an insane animal you should you should mantis look, shrimp you should look at what it looks like it is such but a i mean crazy, that's, a, that's a being a being a okay shrimp technically is a bottom feeder so it's at the bottom of the ocean look at that i mean thing. Oh wow! Yeah, it's a cool looking animal. It man. punches so fast that it boils the water, it creates a little burst of light. I try to remember what. Can you eat mantis shrimp? Um, I don't well, know. you're human. I'm sure you can. Type in right in front of mantis shrimp. Type in cooked mantis shrimp. I mean, you'll, you'll find it's it. Cooked probably. right there. Deep fried. <laughs> there it is. There, there it is. is. Ah, mm. interesting. Oh my god! Damn. Well, shit looks better without being cooked. I leave yeah. him alone. Let him live. I like this one <laughs> with the garlic. Look, can you go to their eyes, by the way? Just go to it's minus the, the cooked the part. Head. That's crazy. <laughs> you should share the screen so people could see what it looks like. Actually, that is pretty crazy. Looks like a mantis shrimp eyes. All right, guys, hold on one second. We're gonna, share, we're gonna share the screen so you guys could see what the heck we're looking at. There we go. All right. Now open it. There you go. There you go. There you go. All right. So that's the mantis shrimp. Yeah. Look at that. Uh, you can actually see its eyes right there. Those little pink orbs in the top left. Oh, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, the way their eyes work. Every, it's, it's such an interesting animal. It looks like it has a lobster tail for a body, basically. Yeah, it does. Or it, it is, basically, it is a tail. Because the shrimp and the lobster are practically the same. Family? Shellfish. Yeah, they're shellfish. They're the same bottom feeder uh, species of... Uh, Stop mentioning that bottom feeder part, bro. Well, that's what it is. It's a bottom feeder. It's nope. the cockroach of the ocean. I guess so. You remind me of some people I know. <laughs> the bottom feeder? <laughs> this is too much, bro. Shut up. I feel like I'm on the outside. I'm an inside joke. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay there though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It's the ADD. But I think that book's probably gonna be amazing. I mean, the senses are an infinite topic, and there's there's so much, so much to learn from it. I mean, you just think about like. Think about dogs, how they they smell almost to the same complexity in which we see. Like they smell distances. So they know that a body is buried, like a bloodhound knows that a body is buried there and a little bit to the right. They can smell that. Whereas we have we smell have to as a visually see it. We yeah. can't smell it. And what is smell to us? It's a collective. We smell like, oh, there's coffee, garbage, and you know, the person's sweat behind me. Well, like, when a dog is born. The first two weeks, it can only smell. Can't oh, see. Eyes are closed, yeah. Eyes are closed. They can't hear the first two weeks. Oh, wow. It can only smell. And during that time, if I, if I remember correctly, it's 100,000 times stronger stronger than what we can smell. Yeah. Well, that's adaptive. I mean, even in humans, if someone can't see, their hearing usually is better than the rest of us. E- even, the, even the dogs, uh, uh, the mother, her smell... When, uh, if another human or another animal touches the puppy, there are there are mothers that will actually 
Dishonor. unfortunately dishonor or kill yeah. the puppy because it's not the right smell. yeah it's just not the right smell it's like this isn't familiar to me something is wrong and that's typically non-domesticated animals it doesn't happen with you know again yeah again yeah. but it's 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 animal nature yeah. at this yeah. point but uh, it, it, with dogs as well and again, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I've heard that dogs could actually sense earthquakes prior to them happening yeah. as well, which is insane. That's crazy to to know about. And fish, fish as well. Yeah, that fish, I didn't know. fish. Yeah, they 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 go to the lower part of the. Uh, they sink below the aquarium. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. That, I didn't know that either. Wow. I, I, I'm really looking forward to reading this book. Speaking of books, I I got you guys gifts. Can I can I? Yeah, give sure. Them it's a good time. Yeah, of buddy. course. Of time. course. You want to refresh your drink too, or no? This one? Yeah. Sure. Gotcha. Armand, pass me that. Okay. So it's it's three books. Uh, one that. one for each of you, obviously. Did you choose which one goes to who, or no? We fight I'll, over it. Just yeah, by the, just by getting to know us in the last forty minutes, you get to choose who gets what book. Hmm. Okay. For you. I'm going to give you Subliminal by uh, Leonard Mladenau. Uh, this book is phenomenal. I mean, it, it's it's basically all the things we pick up in our subconscious. Um, and it, it's basically, you know, when you think of, or when people who study psychology or are entering psychology think of subconscious, they think of Freud, they think of Jung, they think of, um, you know, repressed memories and things of that sort. But, you know, right now, even though, I, like, I don't have, gr like, phenomenal vision, there's a part of me that's registering 7.32 p.m. edit event and all the things, the comments on your screen right now. Even if I look away, it's stored right now. It's stored in my mind. And the, the, if it's not conscious, it's in the subconscious. This discusses how insanely powerful the subconscious is. And there's, it's, just, it's such a beautiful book. I think you'll really enjoy it. It's, it's very fun. Thank you. You know, and, it's weird that you pick books because today is Armenian book day. I thought that was September 1st. It's today. Interesting. What is September 1st then? Today What's is actually Tom Anyan uh, started the tradition of passing, gifting each other books. More than today. We've thought I totally all knew these that. years. I knew that all along. <laughs> are, you, are you still <laughs> screen sharing? No, he's not. not. He's he's not. not. He's but not. if you want me to screen share something, I, I can. Yeah. It says stop sharing though. That's why. No, no, no. It's, no, it's, it's, it's the it's bottom one. We have oh, two okay. screens. All right. Book number two. Uh, is Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. Do you guys know this one? No, no. Do you know you know Malcolm Gladwell? No. Amazing. So Malcolm Gladwell, um, he is a um, he's a journalist. His mother is a Jamaican psychotherapist, and his father is a mathematician, and he's a good combination of the two. So mathematician. Oh, yeah. a mathematician and a psychotherapist. You combine those two and you get this person who looks at um, large figures and tries to understand why these things occur. So blink is about blink is about essentially your immediate impression. If you have some sort of mastery or not even mastery, if you have a good amount of experience in whatever field or thing it is that you're doing, your initial very, very quick judgment of something tends to be very accurate mm. and then gets bamboozled by second guessing and now you're consciously thinking, oh, well, I don't know about this. I don't know about that. And this book analyzes people. I mean, I don't want to ruin anything, but it starts off with a lot of people admiring this painting. And this one person's like, oh, or was it? Yeah, it was a painting. 
And this one person's like, no, it's fake. And they're like, how do you know? I, like, I don't know. I know it's fake though. And they were just mind, mind blown. How, how, why do you think it's fake? And it was an expert. So they were trusting him, but he didn't know how. So Blink is about that, that initial judgment. And if you, and it's important, you have to have the experience. We don't, we're not always able to explain why we know something, of course. You know, why you know um, if your daughter is coming with a fever, if, if you know that someone is um, untrustworthy, you just, you get this little, little hints that you might not consciously be able to depict, like explain it to yourself, but you just know it. So that's, oh. that's Blink. And Blink is fantastic. And that one's for you. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate that. And this awesome. one. Do you know how to read it? I'm going to try my best. I'm going to take English. <laughs> it's top have, to bottom. Left. <laughs> I, have, I have ESL classes yeah. starting very soon. <laughs> I'm sure there's the audio book just in case if you can't. Or I'll oh, read or it to you. Or you. I'll have I'll you read it, read it to I'll me. It at nice. Mary yeah. Swanson will, will host <laughs> Anul and you'll... <laughs> Get it? For those of you that don't know, that's actually a, uh, a dumb little dumb reference. dumber reference. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen Dumb and Dumber, but... <laughs> Too but far in the subconscious. When they're in the hotel room and he's reading the newspaper to find out when the uh, the uh, owl Swanson, ceremony, yeah, the owl ceremony is going to take place. And he goes, and uh, he, he goes, Harry, it's Mary. <laughs> and he goes, who? Mary from the Mary with the Swanson. briefcase. And he goes, Mary Swanson. Swanson, because he, he he referenced her as Mary Samsonite, the briefcase company. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, "Will host annual?" And he goes, and then Harry corrects, goes annual, and he goes at te, te, and he goes the as if he's reading the as te. I gotta watch that movie again. Oh my god, he probably oh, you, yeah, he got oh, these you two gotta guys. Watch it, bro. Yeah. yeah, and then this this last book. Have you heard of it? Oh, the power of habit. I haven't heard of it, no. But I could, I could only imagine what this is. Because, to be honest with you, habit was one of the uh, topics that I was going to bring up with you. Oh hell yeah, yeah. Let's do that. But uh, the power of habit. The the good thing about this book, also, <laughs> we keep mentioning ADHD. The good thing about the power of habit is the book is kind of a triptych. It's it's broken into three different parts. One is more of like the 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 psychology. One is more of like the the business aspects of it, like how it applies to, um, like. I guess just business. And the third part is more of a, I guess like a, 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 like a personal examination of it. Something that's more interpersonal, less academic. So it's, I mean, they, they talk about how they got people to stop smoking in such a short period of time in the United States from like the diners to the, uh, uh smoking on airplanes. Like why, why toothpaste is minty, for example, because, part of habit requires, it requires some sort of pleasant feeling. It doesn't require it, but it very much helps to have that little boost of goodness once you do the thing. And th there's, there's reasons why I could definitely dive into that too. It, it actually is in our dopaminergic system. Uh, and because they added toothpaste, uh, they added mint to the toothpaste, people were more inclined to brush their teeth because they were like, this is a nice feeling. This, this taste I get, they, they wanted to have that, that, that sensation. Yeah, it's a good way to start the morning, basically. Because you can taste good. the results. Yeah, basically. I mean, you can feel the result. Yeah, yeah. no, you taste it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, look, look at it this way. I, I, I've tried brushing. Sometimes you go to a hotel and if you forget your toothpaste, and they have those generic ones that's like has no Coldy. flavor. Not no, it just has no flavor. You just don't want to brush your teeth. You brush your teeth. You like still feel dirty. Did I, did I brush my teeth or? 
just yeah. doesn't doesn't feel that's the definitely same. true you 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 feel almost like you haven't done the act yeah yeah, yeah. Well, you haven't done it well, at least, because you're like, yeah. I, I feel he like... He gets that know. feeling all the time. So. I mean, you get used to you get used to a, a toothpaste as well. Like, for example, uh, me personally, I'm used to scope. <laughs> the, uh, the, I'm sorry, not scope. Uh, crest with the uh, scope uh, mint, whatever the... The donut flavor. Yeah, the donut flavor. <laughs> the keto donut flavor. Full, full sugar. <laughs> but, 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 but the Crest the- brand. My, my wife bought the Colgate Total. <clears throat> Although it has the same mint, mint flavor and all that, it's just like you brush your teeth. You're just like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't feel. It doesn't feel like I, I've brushed my teeth. It just, it just doesn't feel right. I guess it goes back to a habit. Yeah. What, what you're kind of used to, as far as a routine and a habit that you're constantly brushing with the same toothpaste, and it makes you feel a certain way. Um, that's basically what it goes to. But thank you for these, man. We really appreciate, we appreciate it. that, man. Yeah, um, of course. I hope you guys like them. And if, you know, we do. when you get to the end of them or if you're like midway into it, like holler at me. I would love to know your thoughts. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No. So now I got to figure which one do I read first? The um, subliminal or? Chuck Schumer? The one you just shot. <laughs> <laughs> in, in that book, by the way, um, I think <laughs> the last page, I think, of the introduction, if you want to, if you want to check it out, it's, it's actually terrifying. So this book, he, he likes terrifying. Yeah. It's the last page of the introduction. He's You'll see a bunch of pictures. <laughs> you're like, I'm going to read this book. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're not like LeBron Always James. <laughs> Always on the first page. Always on the first page. <laughs> LeBron James, like they're interviewing him, ask him about a book and he'll tell you about the book when he's on page one. You can tell this guy doesn't read the way he's turning the pages. Bro. He's swiping. Yeah, see? Uh, he's a swiper. So they, <laughs> They, they hooked people up to fMRIs. Uh, fMRI is a functional magnetic resonance imaging. It's the closest thing you can get to. Here's a scan of what you're thinking. Okay. And it goes by, you know, when you're, when you're thinking of, when you're doing any sort of process, different parts of your brain are active, of course, because that's, that's where everything is stored. They know what someone is looking at based off of what is um, activated in their brain. No. So this is what they're looking at, and this is what the computer predicted based on what was it. And this is like a decade ago. No, we're man. so much better now. Yeah, they, they. I mean, they've they've done with fMRIs. They've done incredible things. There was this one. Um, uh, I think she was a she was a crack addict, and see. they they had this this woman. She was again addicted to crack cocaine, and they had her basically try and mentalize all of the different. Um, I guess thoughts that would make her crave. Okay. She would go through that and they would had her in the fMRI. So they would be able to take the images of her brain and say, okay, this sort of these links, we'll call this the craving network. And then they were like, what were the things that worked? What were the things that pushed you away from, you know, going into it? Well, what, what were the things that made you say, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do drugs today. So she would go into the different things, you know, seeing her child and the, the look that she would give her, the bank accounts depleting, just the bad sensations, the nausea. And they were like, okay, so these are the things that would would help you resist. So that would be your resistance network. So what they had was the the network in her brain, whatever was active, this one was the craving network. And this one was the resistance network. Now in real time, in real time, they could see whether she was winning the war of addiction. So 
you know, when you think something multiple times, you, you actually strengthen. It's like doing repetitions, each repetition, your muscle, your muscles get stronger with thinking each time you, you think a thought, especially if it's benevolent, uh, meaning if it's rewarded, that thought gets more and more habituated, becomes stronger and stronger and thoughts that you don't reflect on, they get Weak. weaker and weaker. They get, they actually atrophy. They, they never really die out, but they can get overridden. So they can have her the second she starts thinking of all these resistance networks and all these things that they're, they're pushing for that, pushing for that. And if she starts craving, they're like, no, no, stop. And they, they completely make it so she doesn't have the ability to get into the craving for long enough to strengthen that network. Atrophy at, at a, at a impossible before 1991, impossibly precise. We're going to take all the parts of your addiction, at least mentally, because there's also chemicals involved, uh, hormones involved and start weakening that little by little and taking the parts that help you resist that, that inhibition and strengthen that and strengthen that and strengthen that. It's incredible. And that book discusses that too. Because the fact that you're saying that's a decade <clears throat> old as far as the, the fMRI, mm -hmm. I mean, in essence, I mean, you could basically see what somebody's, what somebody's dreaming at this point. Oh yeah. Yeah. We definitely have that too. Yeah. We, the, the craziest one is like, you know, we, we know if people are dreaming of sex. We know if people are dreaming of infidelity. We know if people are dreaming of fighting, of violence, of, of uh, animals versus humans, if they're looking at a I mean, face. I, I, what I'm curious about is how visually, though, I mean, how does, it, how does a computer generate the image, images of, of something in, in, the, in the brain? I just, my brain can't wrap, wrap around that. Because when you, let's say you're looking at this coffee cup, okay? So in, in, I'm just going to approximate based on what I'm seeing from you. You see uh, a bunch of wires. You see this, this texture. You see the cognac, uh -huh. cognac. You see the coffee. You see the froth. You see the glass. You see the cabinets. That is all being activated in, in your mind right now, in your brain. An fMRI will capture that these things are being activated. You're seeing them and you're thinking about them if you're thinking about what you're seeing. So if after enough time in which you are looking at these individually, we can actually separate which one is which and the interaction of them. With just that, when you go to sleep, if any of those things are, um, we'll say activated, that means that you're thinking about it. And if you spent a good amount of time looking at this, you probably will be thinking about it because that's what dreams are. Dreams, yeah. are, dreams are your mind essentially trying to consolidate your memory. Yeah, working with the subconscious. It's, it's, it's basically a bunch of visions that you've had, whether it's throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month, whatever it is. And, you know, it's, there are dreams where you'll go to sleep, you'll dream, you wake up in the morning and it's completely erased. Yeah. Like, yeah, you had a fantastic night's sleep, you dreamt of something, you had a vision of something, but it's no longer in your memory or in your mind. And then there are times where you'll go to sleep, you'll have a dream, whether you wake up in the middle of the night or in the morning, the dream is so vivid still. And if you sit down and actually dissect it, it's visions, uh, it's actually memories of things that took place throughout, again, like I said, maybe throughout the day, throughout the week, maybe even throughout the month. Like, I mean, last night. Like you remember your dreams when you wake up sometimes bro, it's, maybe? It's so funny that you we talk about dreams and we're talking about it right now because last night's dream was, and I was telling my wife this, it was so vivid. Like I woke up in the morning and brushing my teeth and I was thinking about it. 
because my cousins were in it. Was it the brushing of the teeth that got you thinking about it? Look, I it, it, I don't know what it was. It it had something to do with you know we were talking about rain and storms and all this stuff and my and I still remember it till till now because it was it was me and my daughter. We were sitting at we were sitting at home and then we were throwing a, a tennis ball to each other and then. I went and got a, a baseball bat and she pitched it to me and I hit it and it hit my roof. You and mean the and, ceiling? Uh, I, I'm sorry, hit my ceiling. It okay. hit my ceiling, went through the ceiling and then the roof collapsed. The roof collapsed and it began to rain. And then I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And then all of a sudden my father-in-law came into the picture and he said, we should put a, a tarp a tarp over the, the roof so it doesn't rain into the house because you just re- renovated and then all of a sudden, my cousin Noro and the ca- and my other cousin cabinet, sho- guy. cabinet guy showed up, and they were like, "Hey, we got to cover the cabinets so they don't, they don't get, get ruined." Damaged. And and like, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm I'm telling you, like, it was so vivid. This was last night. This is last night. You know, well, I mean, the shirts. rain makes sense because of obviously the. Yeah. And then when I woke up in the morning, I'm hearing, I'm hearing rain. Yeah. So here's the weird part: I've never remembered one dream in my life. Can I help you with that? <clears throat> never. Never ever. I can, I can my give wife you, thinks it's very strange, but I have never remembered one dream. Try I mean, I'm sure everyone has dreams, you know, like, yeah, of course. but I've never remembered one. Like I've never, my wife will wake up and she'll have like this whole story and she'll tell me from details, you know, I don't remember anything. I sleep, wake up and live my life. Well, sometimes they're not good, but, uh, the, so here's, here's what you should do. If you want to, if you want to remember your dreams, uh, so this, I haven't seen literature. To be quite honest, <clears throat> I'm fine the way it is. Oh, you don't want to? Okay. No. Honestly. Like- I think I know what you're going to suggest. Tell me. There's a certain time frame if you wake up. Oh, well, that's true, too. That's right? that's when your dream, yeah, in the first REM cycle. Yeah. That's when your dreams are most of it. That's not what I was going to say, oh. though. Go ahead. We'll, 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 we'll listen that, to that it. That is important, that- though. <laughs> that is important to be woken up in the first REM cycle. REM, oh. rapid eye movement, rapid. by the way. Oh, yes. Yeah, okay. Which is like cycle. 15, 15 sleep- minutes. No. 15 minutes after sleep? Yeah. First oh, cycle. man, I think it's much, much deeper into that. No, no, no. By that, but by I that want to hear I'm, what you have to say, though, about. So in, in, in this scenario, so what you should do is you should make it so it's not really about, because you have your, you have dreams, Everybody by the way. Dreams. You just don't yeah. remember them. So, not once. So here's what we do. You have to make it so you are more vigilant in terms of memory um, encoding. So. Uh, here's or memory retrieval. Here's what you do. Change one thing about how you sleep. Sleep on the couch. Sleep uh, wearing very different clothes. F- flip on the other side. So you, where you're, so where you're no fear. headboard, basically. Whatever it is, change something that's that's notable. Because you're in a new state. You, as evolutionarily, when we're in a new state, we have to be very vigilant, which makes sense. We don't know what what's next. We don't know. We could be a jaguar. It could be a cannibal tribe, whatever it is. You have, what you've really done is you've elevated your vigilance, which makes it so you are capturing more. You're capturing more, more thoroughly, and you're holding on to it more aggressively. That should sort of up, up your ability to retrieve your dream. In that case. But wait, don't, don't leave your bed though. Stay in your bed for a, a few minutes because once you leave the bed, you have left all the the, the stimuli. That that's the see that could be a between. part of it. Because I'm not one of those people to stay in bed. Like I open my eyes, I get up. I have to 
stand up when I wake up. Do you know what shower thoughts are? No. Do you guys, have you ever heard this term shower, shower thoughts? thoughts? It sounds it's dirty. Thoughts in the showers? Yeah. <laughs> but it's not just thoughts. It's like genius ideas you have while taking a shower. It's that daydream type of thing when you're in the shower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that frog meme where the frog is sitting down in front of a sewer line or a, or a storm drain and the water is just splashing. But the frog's not moving. It's just me thinking of the next billion dollar idea in the shower. <laughs> It's rare that I don't know a meme, but no, no, it's I'll a funny show. image, though. I'll show you. I just thought of it myself. <laughs> well, Stephanie says, eat chocolate before sleeping. It can give you vivid dreams. It's also delicious. So, just make sure you brush after. Okay. It, yes. Based on your theory, last year he was in Armenia for a month. Yeah, and I could sleep sitting down. But you left, but you left, uh, sorry, you, you left, you got up very quickly, right? You didn't stay in bed? I never stay in bed. I wake up and I get up. So the reason why I mentioned shower thoughts, I, I got to explain that or else it just sounds like I'm yeah, asking yeah, you guys about your showering uh, <laughs> routine. He gets excited. Don't do that. When you're... <laughs> What's this lotion doing in the shower? <laughs> uh, sponsored by geez. Nivea. <laughs> he just pulls out the bottle. Oh, jeez. What happened? <laughs> He goes to the, the there is a collective ADHD definitely in this goes room. To the employee, is this waterproof lotion? <laughs> <laughs> Sponsored by Paul Molly. Oh, jeez. All right. Go ahead. Paul, go ahead. Sorry, Paul Molly? The phone will never go away. You've seen those videos. Yeah, use dishwashers. <laughs> He, he uses Tide Pods. What do you think? He swallows his Tide Pods. <laughs> oh my God. See what happens here? No, I love oh, it. It's beautiful. I love it. All right, you go ahead. You were saying. ADHD. I don't even know what I was talking about. <laughs> so, you go there. Well, uh, so, shower thoughts. Shower yeah, thoughts. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> people have these great ideas in the shower, and then they're like, okay, I got to write it down. When they leave the shower, they forget. And the reason is because they no longer have the stimuli that connects to the thought. Some people, they walk into a new room and they forget why they want, went into that room. They completely forget. They, maybe they were going to grab a snack or get a remote or something. And they forget the second they go into that new room. Why? It's because they're in a new stimuli. All the stimuli, think of stimuli almost as like tethers that hold on to something. Those tethers of the previous room that are connected to the memory are gone. Now you're in a new environment. If you stay in bed, you are staying in the environment that was connected to your dream. So give yourself a minute. You can, you can hold, you can. No, I give can't. What's no. your rush? Just, I've always been Wear like Wear diapers if you can't hold it. <laughs> he wakes that's up. That's something you can help me with. <laughs> he wakes up. He does a backflip out of bed. He's ready. No, it's just like. Ready to my eyes the world. Less than 30, 30 seconds. He's like that in the shower. So what, what about, because look, the. It seems like majority of the dreams that I can vaguely remember are the ones that are, it's like I'm in some type of chaos. Like it's not a war, but there's some attack going on and I'm escaping, but I can't shoot back. I can't fight back. Yeah, it's and, like punching and, in water. Yeah, I can't fight back in the dream, but then I'm, or the other night it was some type of an apocalypse and I'm trying to escape and get my family, but I can't fight back. I have like it's no control. Uh, yeah, well, and then those dreams. The the messed up thing is you you'll wake remember up, those, right? You wake up, 
You're like, shit, I'm glad it's a dream. You go back, it continues. Oh, shit, The dude. other, the other. I'm kind of glad I don't The other amazing dream. Mine, mine was no, like that as like well. That. The <laughs> other, my roof collapses. I the wake other up, dreams where you wake up, you're like, oh, shit, it was a dream. And you're like, okay, go back, go back. You can't go back, dude. <laughs> so, well, Not all dreams are like this. My <laughs> dreams are puppies and chocolate. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm listening to these, these two guys. I don't yeah, think that's I not what all dreams are. Because as a kid, most of my dreams were. I was running and then I was flying. You know? Yeah. Or what right? about when you're falling and you're just all of a sudden you're just <laughs> yeah, so yeah. That's not, a, that's not a dream though. What do you mean it's not a dream? The the falling dream? That's not a dream. That's a it's something that happens to us. It's called the hip kind of a dirty name. It's called a hypnic jerk. Hypnic jerk. So yeah. ba- hypnosis in some is well, it's connected sleep. to sleep. So is that Hypno- basically a transition sleep. between stages of sleep? Yeah. Is that what it is? Because yeah. it sounds a, like it. Any anytime you trip I'm not a specialist fall, uh, anything that has to do with your body collapsing or anything like that. Well, you it, wake up as out of an emergency. Oh, like it's yeah. no, you feel like you just, yeah. like you, you were like levitating. Hearts and pounding. Somebody just dropped you. Yeah. yeah. Hearts pounding. But, but again, the heart pounding is because you're in a deep state of sleep. No, it's because you actually do think you're falling. Your, your body's reacting to it. Oh no shit. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because the heart rate technically goes up when you're sleeping, right? Doesn't it? No, your brain activity uh, for a certain period of time. But goes does up. isn't your heart rate not at a heart at a resting heartbeat, but is somewhat at a higher level? I don't. I'm not sure actually. I, I don't think so. I think you're probably pretty <coughs> at a resting pace really? as you're resting. For yeah. some reason, I thought with the whole I might rap- be wrong with the whole rapid eye movement. I thought like your your eyes, your body's just kind of like in a state of just kind of. Well, you are very active while you're asleep. I think Armand has something to say to you. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, well, when you say you're falling, but you're not actually falling. You don't have fall part to fall, bro. We have a wet dream. What is that? Are you actually? No. (laughs) No. But see, that just just tells you, like, all our senses can be eluded. Right. Even pleasure can be eluded. Like, how can you possibly reach orgasm when you're not doing anything in actuality? Exactly. That is trippy. That is very trippy. You know what they used to call a hypnic jerk? What? The devil's poke. Isn't that terrifying? Tell that to a little kid who's wondering what the hell just happened to them. The devil's poke. Is there people like me that don't remember dreams or that's not common? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Look, but it, some people take it so like Sam says that you know Greeks, for example, believe dreams predict the future. Well, there's two. So they the ancient Greeks had the the dream gods. They're called the Onerai, the the god of dreams. Like the leader of them was uh, Morpheus, which you from the Matrix, if you guys mm-hmm. remember, yeah. Uh, and they had two types of dreams. Uh, one was casted through horn, the door of horn, and one was um, through the door of ivory. The door of uh, horn was uh, messages from God or the gods to tell you, don't do that, go this way, avoid the sirens, etc. And then the one of ivory was deceptions. It was tricks. It was things to yeah. kind of get you into the wrong area. Throw you off. Yeah. Because some people literally live off with their dreams where they wake up, they're like, you know, I saw the stream and then they'll. Or they'll take it out on you like. Oh, you were doing this. No. Well, not the take it out on you. I haven't experienced, but I some certain people I've known, they'll talk about this is what I saw, and I think this is what it means, means and then they correlate it with something that took place or is going to take place, and I'm like, dude, that's above my pay grade. I don't know. Well, that that I that I also believe in very much, and there's the, again, there's so scientific you do believe in that. Well, there's scientific evidence for it. I mean, 
um, you you have this. Think about think about the subliminal and what we've been talking about. I mean, imagine you meet someone and they're like, "Hey, I want to I want to do uh, some sort of business with you." Here's here. I'm going to put capital for this one idea that you've been throwing around in your mind and you really want to do. Let's say, I don't know, let's say you want to start a uh, like a design company. OK. And this person, you know, they shake your hand. They look you in the eye. They're being very sincere. They'll be talking to a bunch of people. The second you walk into the room, they gravitate towards you. Everything about them seems like it's pleasant. But then there's something else and you're not sure what it is. Your dreams will pick up that. Or you're, you, you will pick that up subconsciously. Dreams exist specifically to practice the elements of your day. It is specifically to consolidate memory. There's two like wild uh, experiments that have happened just to, to underscore the significance of why we dream and, and what happens in it. There's this one, I'll, I'll tell you the, the less interesting one first because they're both insane. They had this these groups of people type in like four one five three two four or something like that as fast as they can on a on a keyboard as fast as they can repeatedly repeatedly repeatedly. One group did it in the morning and then at night. One group did it at night had a full night's rest and then in the morning. Not only did the the group that had the rest get much better in every metric, including how fast did you do the first two digits? What about the first three digits? What about digits two to four? How many mistakes? How fast? How many repetitions? Not only did they get better in every single metric, but each individual, whatever their specific deficiency was, let's say <laughs> let's say you had a slower first two digits. Just that's just the way you are. You, you hesitate to pull the trigger, but once you do, you're 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 going. And me, once I finish, maybe I'm uh, egoic and like I get very excited every time I finish and there's a little delay that I'm just very happy that the, the deficiencies would erase and they would specifically in their worst parts get much better uh, in those with rest with rest. The other group, marginal changes. So that that alone signifies that dream to some degree uh, has some sort of memory consolidation aspect to it to help us practice what we believe is a priority. The much more important um, um, experiment was by uh, Dr. Robert Stickgold. It is, it, I, it's actually the first experiment that I learned about. Um, I was probably like 22 years old, 23 years old, so more than a decade ago, damn. They had these people play Tetris for a long, you guys have all played Tetris, right? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, just making sure. He still plays every night. It's a good game. Yeah. Um, and they had them play Tetris for a very long period of time. They had experts, novices, meaning people who have never played it. It's very important that they could never play it. And then amnestics, people who, who uh, are amnesiacs. They, they can't formulate new memories. So a specific type of amnesia. There's amnesia where you can't remember before, and there's amnesia where you can't remember after. So some people are stuck at 13 years old. Some people don't remember anything before being 13. Oh, jeez. Oh, shit. So there's, well, there's actually four types of amnesia, but those are the two main ones. There's temporary amnesia, there's global amnesia, et cetera, et cetera. So these three groups of people were playing Tetris for a very long period of time, repeatedly, repeatedly. And um, on night two of this experiment, people started dreaming of Tetris and not of playing Tetris, but of Tetris, the element of Tetris. There, there, some of them would talk about blocks falling and having to move things and organize things and color colors matching, all these things. And that was by night two. And it was especially the novices had such a high spike in Tetris dreams. Experts, interestingly, 
didn't dream as much about Tetris in the setting that they played Tetris recently, but when they first started playing Tetris. So they would remember their little brother who was like, let me play, let me play. They would have that in their dreams. You're, you're specifically practicing the elements that you believe are most prioritized. The delay, by the way, the fact that it was on day two that the dreams were happening, perhaps you need more than a day to believe that something's a priority, especially something that's not threatening you. Tetris is not threatening you. The craziest part of the experiment is even the people who have amnesia were remembering Tetris. They even there's, there's even at one point, one of them signifies that there was some sort of game they played. And he's like, what game? And the the person with amnesia goes, what game? Wow. Doesn't remember even oh, the, the question, but remembers the Tetris. You know why? Because the subconscious, it is a different realm. I don't mean that in like a ooh, spiritual, but it it's a different area of your mind that amnesia might have a barrier and not all amnesia is the same. It might have a barrier, but your subconscious is picking all of this stuff up in one of the experiments, the, the girl put her hands on the keys where she's supposed to be playing Tetris. How did you know that? How did you know to put your hands on the specific keys to move the Tetris? Because they did it on, a, on computers. Yeah, the pieces, yeah. How did she know that? She can't formulate new memories, so it, there must be some sort of different capacity for absorbing that memory that they can't access in their conscious waking state. Yeah. That's a lot, man. That's a lot. Guys, by the way, for those of you <clears throat> watching live right now, um, like, subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet. But also, there's a section for any questions, Q&A. Yeah, on, you you, on have, YouTube. On YouTube, On YouTube, yeah. Type in your question. Um, she goes, that's what happens when I play Candy Crush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, type in your questions, and obviously if it's – Relevant to what we're discussing, we'll we'll, we'll have uh, Samuel an answer it. Sure. Um, and if it's a topic we're going to get into, then we'll get into it once we get there. So, uh, but yeah, please type in your questions um, so we can. Uh, once we get to different, we're going to discuss obviously different things about the mind, yeah. and oh, psychology, definitely. and everything else. Uh, I mean, this all, this is all yeah. This is all tied into uh, psychology and and, uh, and the human brain. The Candy Crush comment, I love it. I mean, they did the same experiment with. Uh, do you guys remember the game? Is less popular, you know, Alpine Racer. It's the I've skiing game. Played. No, like you, played. you. Oh, you, you. You probably have. You just you don't remember because it it's it wasn't a very it wasn't like a. I mean, it's not a new game. This is old. No, one. very old. Very old. And you, like the, a, a skier, you were the skier going down the slopes. Yeah. And you had to move left and right to okay. the trees. And I, there was, there's like a, like a, a Yeti basically would come get you or Catch something. you and it would come vertical. Right. 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 I kind of remember it. Yeah. Vague. Yeah. Well, you know, remember your dreams. Yeah. yeah. Well, shit, I can't. What do well, you want to lie to Well, they did the, they did the experiments it's again. It's not that, that I don't game. remember dreams, guys. I've put a hole through the wall and my parents have told me stories where I, I would have a full on fight while I was sleeping. I mean, I put my foot straight through the wall before. Something's happening there. Were you playing soccer? Well, that might in your not dream? be. No. That might not be. That might not be a dream, though. That might be just you kicking. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. But that's not not recently. This is yeah, when you were. Yeah, 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 time, yeah. You know? I, I I don't know if I should say this, but I actually uh, when I, when I was at uh, Boston University, I was. And this is way before I met my girlfriend. 
uh, like way, way, way before I was staying at my then girlfriend's house, uh, house, her dorm. And, um, you know, I had a dream and in the dream I was in her dorm and we were resting and I, I should have figured that th this is not possible to do, but someone walked into the dorm and I saw the knife that they were holding massive blade. And I was like, okay, well, if I jump out of bed and try and fight them, I don't have the element of surprise. So I'm going to wait till they're very close. And when they're getting, getting in striking distance, that's why I'm going to grab them and try and fight. Cause if I run to them and they have the blade, I have a huge disadvantage. Yeah. So he's, he's getting close and I, I'm asleep. I'm like, my eyes are closed in my dream yet. I see him perfectly. So that should have been like a, like <laughs> we can't do that. So he's getting closer and closer and he's like three feet away. And with all my might, I swing. And it, you know, in dreams, sometimes you punch like you're underwater. You're like, you're not as strong. So you put all my might into it. And then I just hear, ow, what the fuck, Sam? <laughs> and I'm like, what? what, what happened? What happened? And like, I like punched my my girl, oh, my girl shit. at the time. Now, I mean, it was a it was a dream punch, so it wasn't like I like struck her like you know full yeah. force. But oh my god, I was I felt so bad, and I was like, I um, we can't I can't sleep here for a while. Yeah, jeez, yeah. There's the the jolting and stuff. It happens to as much as you people may not admit it. It happens to most of us, whether it's you know, the falling or the fighting or whatever it is, you jolt. I've, I mean, I've even seen my kids jolt when they're sleeping. Yeah. yeah. And they'll talk and they'll ask questions in their sleep. And oh, the yeah. craziest one is the talkers, man. One of, one of our, uh, one of our friends, when we were in, uh, uh, we were in Armenia, he was, a uh, we were, do we were rooming together, bro. This guy, I would, you would have a full on conversation with him. Like, that's dangerous. Yeah. He would speak. Just tell us. Secrets. Oh, you would talk to him. Yeah. Cause he, at the time he would, he would talk in his sleep. And then yeah. we came home one night and he was knocked out. We were sitting with the boys and then, uh, he started mumbling and then we looked over and he's out and then we would ask him something and he would respond He'll to reveal, it. I'm yeah. like that dude. He would respond I, I'm to still it. like that. If I'm sleeping and people are having a conversation, I'll answer while I'm sleeping. That's, that's so dangerous. Yeah. Is it? It's dangerous. I don't mean like actually dangerous. I mean like they can ask you some, some pretty, pretty, well, crazy I'm comfortable they, with my family. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. I just mean like if you have any secrets, like you have no inhibition nah. in that moment. Nah. Like we're good. Why are you gay? <laughs> Did they ask you that too many times? At a summer camp, you I get it? Do you get where I was going with this. I do. Right. At a summer camp, I admitted I had a crush on a girl as because I I speak in my my sleep too. Oh, Only if I'm spoken to, which is the wildest thing. Well, the most scariest ones are the sleepwalkers. Yeah, somnambulism is crazy. I've yeah, sleepwalkers are my my uncle in Iran would sleepwalk, and they would actually catch him uh, on the rooftop walking on the ledge. What? Oh yeah, bro! Multiple times in Iran. Been, in Iran. Yeah, I hope there was many of those stories. Guardrails in it on. In no, the, there is no. No, rail. there is no guardrails. Uh, so in Iran, few of them, few of them. It's a flat few, roof. It's flat roofs. Okay. Did he? Yeah, it's flat roofs, and a lot of the roofs are very close to each other. As far as the buildings are close to each other, so roofs kind of connect. But you can plumb it. Oh, absolutely, you can plumb. It. Hence, one of the reasons why you know his parents at the time were very cautious of him waking up. So what they would do is they would actually put a wet towel right in front of his bed. So when he would wake up to oh, that, sleepwalk, yeah, he would put his feet on the wet towel and, wake up. And yeah, he would, he would wake up. Again, there are stories. I've I've never met a sleepwalker personally, but I know there are stories of, you know, they say never wake up a sleepwalker. No, that's that's yeah, not. We we had one, I think, 
one of the kids we used to travel with, I don't know if it was the uh, the camp or when we went to Armenia, one of them was a sleepwalker. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, you can wake up a sleepwalker. I don't know how that myth really got, I mean. I heard you have to lead them back to bed. Like, no. No, you, you you can wake that, especially if they're doing something stupid. If someone's moving to the edging towards the the ledge of a building uh, and they're gonna fall off, you can you can wake them up. I That's, heard people putting like wet uh, towels in front of the door just so someone doesn't sleepwalk and open the door and leave the house. Yeah, that's what I that's what I was mentioning. That's what they did with my uncle. They so he would step put, on it though, yeah, for him yeah. for in his case. Yeah, so it, it was right in front of his bed. Mm-hmm. So as soon as he woke up, he stepped on it. Yeah, we. We used to put mine, mine in front of them. So if they walk in, it's like, <laughs> you can, you can absolutely be, wake up. He'll be, he'll be sleeping, but he won't be walking. They'll be disoriented though. They'll be, they'll be very confused as to why. When you wake them up. Yeah. Someone, some, someone in the comments asked a question. I, I wish I saw it in time. It was something about using 15% of our brain or whatever. That's, that's another thing that we, we don't use 15% of our brain. We use almost all of our brain. That's another thing that they say. Right it was there, a very right Sammy. That's 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 me, Sam A. <laughs> <laughs> this is a difference. It's Sam. you, yeah. but technically not you. We're only aware of fifteen percent. I think you might be. So that might be actually in the the figure from how much of the brain we're trying to recreate from the connectome project, which is basically we're trying to create a human brain, which is obviously insanely complicated with all the different neurons and how they can interconnect. And, and you cr- said we use all of our brain? Is that yeah. what you said? Yes, we do. All of us? Well, not all at the same time. Not, <laughs> nice. not all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we don't use it's all impossible. of our brain, but we don't use 2%. I mean, that's that That would be very bad. I mean, even the, I mean, set, like the, our sense of sight, for example, is an insanely complicated process that definitely uses way more than 2% of your brain. 70% of your sensory neurons are purely for vision and not only that i mean you have your conscious and subconscious parts of your brain that you're using you have the frontal cortex all there's there's so many portions of the brain that are working simultaneously i mean the fact that you're breathing tells you enough that your brain is functioning to tell you to you know breathe in breathe out your heart beating your organs functioning uh you trying to put words together to speak the vision the blinking I mean, it, it, All has, brain a, it has a lot to do with stuff, it. Yeah. Now, as far as conscious and subconscious, yeah, I might. that's where he might be going with this because there's, you know, there's uh, talks of the psychedelic mushrooms and ayahuasca right. and all that stuff where it, it takes you to a very deep state in your brain. So there's a whole, whole different thing about that. That's really awesome. When they, when they do brain scans of people who are on mushrooms and LSD, um, they find that regions of the brain that are not activated um, sim- simultaneously are activated simultaneously in, in, in simple terms, like what would be, what would be active in your brain when you're throwing a baseball and maybe like uh, using chopsticks and um, um, like thinking of Beethoven, these are active simultaneously when you're on LSD and mushrooms, which is why actually, well, before I even get into that, a lot of people, when they're on mushrooms and LSD, they have this feeling that everything is interconnected, that there's this interconnectivity to everything. And it makes sense because in their mind, these places that are never simultaneously active are active simultaneously. What if someone's thinking like that without being on mushrooms? Well, there what are people there. Well, there are people who, obvi- I mean, 
interconnecting everything well, that's, without being on that's LSD part of, or mushrooms. Well, mania, mania, like being manic, that that happens too. I mean, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't like talking about him too much because everyone has an opinion on him. But like Kanye West is a great example of what mania looks like. He'll he'll be going on a rant a, a hundred miles per hour, two hundred miles per hour about this subject, this subject, this subject. Walt Disney. Da, 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 da. That 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 is that sort of that hyper interconnectedness and not not really being able to articulate it always in a way that's efficient because catching up with this as a as a normal human is tough sometimes especially if the person in front of you doesn't know what you're talking about and everything you're saying has no context it's completely decontextualized so they're trying to figure out what about Walt Disney what about Leonardo da Vinci and they're trying to piece it together but the person is saying all this it makes sense to them. Yeah, of course. And if you pay attention, for example, Kanye. Yeah. If I try to, those rants you're talking about, my wife will say, that's insane. I'll be like, yeah. it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Well, if you if you know, I mean, if, you know, if you've listened to enough of Kanye that you know what he's talking about when he says Walt Disney, if you know what he's talking about, because he's, he's discussing entrepreneurship and innovation and things of that sort. And he's. And the way he ties them together makes sense perfectly. But he doesn't always do that anymore. I mean, he, his condition's not always in the most favorable circumstance. Or maybe I just don't know. I haven't watched enough of Kanye to be able to piece together everything that, that he says sometimes. But the, the, the overarching theme here is that the simultaneity of, of things activating on uh, um, various psychedelics and actually connecting that to how mania is kind of similar, people who have clinical depression people think of depression as like sad. That's not what depression is. Depression is, is like a low activity. So everything from sensations to like, uh, like wanting physical activity, like taste, all of that is at such a low level. What is something that's looking very, um, very, uh, um, uh, efficient. What is something that's very promising in terms of working against depression they're giving uh, small amounts of mushrooms to people. Who Micro, you're talking about microdosing. Yeah, but clinically now. It's yeah, not just some yeah, dude yeah, no, on the street. Microdosing clinically. Now, because it's the exact Kanye, opposite effect. With Kanye, we could look at it. Maybe he is microdosing. We don't know. None of us know what he's going through. But I feel like in his specific case, mania and genius are a very thin line there. Not a thin line. They overlap tremendously. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. He absolutely. could be one of those cases. Well, yeah. I mean, there's functional manic people, and they're amazing. I mean, Elon I Musk is fun functionally of manic. Of course, probably. there's yeah. a lot of people like that in history. I mean, even uh, who was the uh, Beethoven was one of them as well that they talked about. Um, who's the other pianist? As Joe well? Biden. Yeah. No, no, not Joe Biden. <laughs> uh, oh my God, Mozart, another one that they talked about. He was. He was basically possibly autistic, possibly crazy, but at the same time, he was a he was a genius. So, you know, what you're saying is they overlap. Yeah, it's possible because we've had a lot of geniuses throughout the world and throughout history. You know, uh, some sometimes this is one of the one of the strangest things that I learned about um, about how sort of psychopathologies are regarded is. Sometimes even like your socioeconomic status changes everything. Like if Kanye West didn't have the capacity, if Kanye West existed 40 years, 30 years before um, they had the sort of beat making uh, software, he wouldn't have the technology. 
if you have the greatest innovators who who are the greatest programmers, if they existed before the invention of programming, maybe they would have been shoemakers, or maybe no one, nobody. Maybe they would never have that thing activated that they were kind of structured to master. So you just think maybe there's timing things is that, everything. Kind of. I mean, it's it's a it's an interplay, of course. I mean, some of it's personality, some of it's temperament, some of it's upbringing, some of it. This is why the nature and nurture question. I don't even understand the question anymore because you think of like n- nature is the structure, but nurture is the way in which you you mold that structure. So to say what's more important, it doesn't it, it, it doesn't really make sense that question. In Kanye's case, if well, you know, the guy is being. Harassed twenty four seven, yeah, yeah. But I feel like later down the line, maybe in about fifty years, everything he's saying today will make more sense. <clears throat> maybe I mean he's he is a legend of beat making. I I, so, I don't know if he's it's more than the beats. It's so a lot he's a more. Lyr- than that. He's a good lyricist as well. I don't know if he's being harassed because you have to look at it this way. Have you do you follow him on Instagram? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I watch pretty much as much as Have you seen the pictures he posts of, is it his girlfriend or new wife? Or it's who his new that? wife. He posted her three times uh, recently. Three times? Well, recently. Every it was the same, day. No, no. It was the same photo. He posted it three times with the same verbiage. And then people thought, oh, he, he maybe made a mistake. And then he came out with a video, I think maybe a week later, uh, admitting, saying, listen, the f- picture that I posted of my wife three times was done on purpose. And the reason why I'm doing it is because it's my Instagram page and I could do whatever the fuck I want to do. I'll put, if I want to post her 10 times, I'll post her 10 times. Well, if I want to post her five times, I'll post her five. If you don't like it, you can. But but the pictures me. of her are pretty much nude. Well, again, everybody has a specific way of sharing their significant other. Yours is different. Mize is different. Edgar's is different. Sam's might be different. No, that's not different. Well, this, the, the way, way we share it is okay. different to him. Who else shares it that way except OnlyFans page? Well, he was sharing that same thing with his so other wife. It, no, he isn't. Not no? to that extent. So then what, what would you consider no, if it's okay. not different? No, my point is it's not necessarily about him being harassed. It's more so, I think. He's pushing buttons. He, I think he's a marketing genius. He Just is. Just like Trump. He is. Trump is a marketing genius. The guy gets more free news coverage than anybody in the history of for news free, coverage. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it's not really free. He's putting that money into escrow supposedly in courts, but yeah, of course he is. Uh, <laughs> he's hundred percent right though. Like I mean, Trump, yeah. Trump's a marketing genius. So, so is Kanye. He's, he's so living, is he. He's man. living rent free in every single liberal's head. Bro, I'm, I'm telling you, they're not like, just liberals though. Like all pe- people who have no people. investment in the United States. Well, there's people Trump in other countries that don't know who their leader is, but they know who Trump is. Yeah. They don't even well, know their own president. See, the problem is the guy removes all his posts within a day. There's Kanye? no pictures, but Kanye. Every time, yeah, every time I see post of this new wife or but he's he, <clears throat> see he's one of those dudes. For me, I know I've seen a lot of weird shit, but everything he does is calculated. For my, that's my understanding. That's what I'm saying. Is, is it a is it all because a, a lot of people hundred percent okay. now a lot of people's oh he's crazy he's lost it. None of that is true. This guy is completely sane. Completely. 
Everything he's doing is calculated. Seven, Everything. Seven million dollar iPhone commercial made him nineteen million bucks. During think the Super about Bowl. it, bro. Yeah. Look at that. Great, good one, Levy. What there you go. Seven million dollars. Seven million dollar iPhone commercial made him nineteen million. He did a Yeezy commercial. Paid oh. him seven thousand, oh, seven million oh, for, for thirty seconds. seconds. Right. Oh, okay. He made that commercial. You know how there's production. That thirty second <laughs> clip you watch at the Super Bowl takes about I don't know months to make. You know, and this guy did his. 30 second on his iPhone yeah. and turned 7 million into 19. I guess the overarching question is what, what makes someone crazy? Like what why, does? Why? No, no, no. Not, not what yields craziness, but where do we draw the line between craziness? I mean, the, the die, the, to diagnose psychopathy, to make, to say that someone is clinically Insane. A, a, a psychopath is, 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 seems to be very specific, but I mean, what if someone is, doing those things performatively what if and then conversely what if someone is an absolute psychopath but it just so happens to all work out no one would know well what would, yeah. what, what would you consider the def, the actual definition of psychopath is because when somebody thinks of psychopath majority of people go towards the clinically insane possibly a murderer like that's that's where you that's where you lean towards you should type in dsm5 why? Oh, because then you'll get the actual answer. Oh. Yeah. No, 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 no. What you had before, a psychopath and then uh, DSM-5. Yeah. DSM-5. Yeah, that's a diagnostic and statistical manual. Okay. Uh, Which one should I? You can even go to images and you'll see a nice, beautiful picture. That way you can share it too. Yeah. So you have the criteria on the top left. You also have it on the right side there at the second second one there. You gotta, you'll go to click, uh, click share screen so people could see where we are. Yeah, so so any single psychopathology has um, different different criteria and different amounts. So that one, uh, oh, this is via personality. Let's see. Wait, wait, wait. Failure to conform to social norms with respect to lawful behaviors. This 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 looks That's, like that qualifies. This this looks like uh, old. This doesn't look like the DS. Hold on, I'm trying to read the small. What it does says it say? Two, it says 2013 at the bottom. If you see diagnostic published, criteria published. for antisocial personality disorder. So in DSM four with and corresponding personality traits criteria with within DSM five emerging model. Yeah. So this isn't what we want to find. But basically, there's there's different criteria that um, that they have to meet in certain. Um, in certain capacities. So for example, um, PTSD is a good example. So PTSD, there's different, um, I don't know what you call it, you call it tiers, if you will. Tier one, uh, you have to have tier one, which is there has to be some sort of uh, experienced or perceived traumatic event. That one is, that that's a mandatory thing. Wait, wait, experienced or perceived? Perceived, yeah. Perceived. How does that qualify? Well, I don't agree with it. I'm just telling you what it is. Get what I'm saying? Yeah. And these are the types of things that bring us to where we are with yeah, because people oh, turning perceived into so like, many like things. You have Cats an experience. Dogs, bro. Perceived technically, you have an experience, whatever it is that's and causing a traumatic event. That's yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I definitely agree with you here. Uh, the, the second tier, it'll be things like uh, avoidant behavior. And it'll be four or five different items. And you have to have a certain amount of those items to uh to to meet that requirement and then the third would be like 
these um, these particular symptoms aren't coming about by any sort of substance abuse or medication or anything of that sort. So it's making sure that there isn't a variable that's yielding your strange behaviors or abnormal behaviors. And then it has to persist for a certain amount of time. So it's like the fourth tier of requirements. So that's how, that's how the DSM works. So they break it down into these tiers. You have to have this, you have to have this, one of these or two of these or three of these, one of this, one of this. So that's, that's how they diagnose, at least in the United States, through the DSM-5. In, in Europe, it's the ICD, which ICD. ICD. Yeah. Which one's more accurate in your opinion? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, for PTSD, which is the thing that I'm, I'm, I've been uh, researching a bit, with PTSD, can you guess how many different, so I, I, I basically, I, there was kind of a sloppy way to describe it, but I think it did the job of the different variations in which you can uh, diagnose someone with something. Because if, if you need only a few of these, this, one of this, one of this, there's obviously permutations, meaning you can have, you can be diagnosed uh, with schizophrenia, let's say in 125 ways or schizoaffective disorder in 120 ways, because you might not have this one, but you'll have this. You might not have avoidance behavior, but you'll be, um, you'll have hyper arousal. So someone's like, someone sneezes and you're like, you get very scared when someone sneezes, for example, with PTSD. Um, can you guess how many different ways in which you can be diagnosed with PTSD using the DSM-5? How many I, I, I don't, different I, ways? I, I feel a like combination it, of. Yeah. I feel like it's in the thousands. Over over hundred twenty. I feel like Great. it's in the thousands. <clears throat> in today's society, I feel like it's in the thousands. I love that you said one hundred and twenty. I'll tell you why. I'll, I'll you'll know why. Let's see if I can pull it from memory, though. I. I, I this guy's a cheater. He's doing research. Oh, seven fifty. I don't know. So there's. There's 636,120 ways in which you can be diagnosed with PTSD. I'm telling you, who's in the thousands? Yeah. Because in, in today's society, well, that's, the largest. that's almost a million. Yeah. Well, you said it's six, almost a million. Six, oh, you said 636. I thought you said 6,000. Jeez. No. Yeah. See, this, uh, this is why, again, I got the last three yes, numbers. Yeah, it's crazy that you got that though. Good yeah. job. Society today was I subliminally putting it out. Do you I think? Do, have that do you think today? Do you think society today is overdiagnosing all this? I mean, a short answer, yes. But like, the only reason why I say it is because everything is becoming labeled nowadays. Well, why? Whether, why? whether you have of, ADD, whether you have your autistic, especially the autism mm -hmm. factors of it as well. Like, for example, the Burbank mirror that we had uh, on our on our podcast, uh, he considers himself autistic, and he says, "I'm the first uh, official, uh, officially autistic, uh, elected mayor of Burbank." So I, I feel like it's, you know, for the people who are actually autistic, it's kind of, you know, cheapening. Yeah, exactly. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, so you now they're playing like drama. Yeah, you said six hundred and fifty thousand. Six hundred thirty-six thousand one hundred twenty. So I mean, come on, man. I mean, like, it's, so it's, that's I think why it's Constantine over, qualifies. I, I, I think it's overdiagnosing because you're yeah. saying, but why all these? Because it's like, well, no, no, why? Why would they overdiagnose? Why do you think? Because of today's society and labeling. But but what's 
but that's not enough. No, there's there has more to be to it. money. Money. Well, involved. because because then the money and diagnosis. Well, yeah, big pharmacy can't diagnosis. Yeah, SSRIs, ways to make people quote unquote feel better no. temporarily at least. They're mm. all gonna be taking the pill. Well, ways yeah, ways to diminish the symptoms at least. Because here you said in Europe they call it ICD. Here in the U.S., yeah. ICDs referred to as the billing code. Right, ICD ten. Oh, interesting. Is is a billing code, medical billing codes. Yeah, so now they have the ICD eleven is uh, what Europe uses, and their um, their their trauma diagnoses is so much lower. Like the the permutations that you can have, it's still a large number because trauma trauma of all the ones trauma is going to be the one that's going to have the largest number because you can be traumatized from so many things like. And your response to trauma is, is likely corresponding to the way in which you are traumatized. And we can be traumatized by so many different things. We can be traumatized from war, traumatized from uh, from rape, traumatized from uh, being drugged, traumatized from losing someone, uh, tr- like abandonment. That, and by the way, there's, n- there's such little overlap between those just four experiences. And um, one of the biggest meta studies had, I think, 18 or 21 different um, um, categories of trauma. And they were all legitimate. All of them were legitimate. Now, the whole perceived trauma, that that's the part where you can be like, well, that, that adds like a, a very strange subjectivity to it because you would think that something that's overwhelming um, to the human would be something that's uniformly, we can all say, okay, well, rape is, hor- is horrifying. War is horrifying. These are things that overwhelm overwhelm our ability to process and that, that's really what trauma is in the in the psychological form it is the inability to um the inability to properly process a particular event and just just to make everything kind of connect traumatic nightmares i used to have a traumatic nightmare i used to have a dream that i was still cross-eyed and i was running through a dark blue hallway and i was sprinting and sprinting and i would be i would have normal vision and little by little, my eyes would go and I would see a hallway and I would run because there was someone chasing me and I would bash into this force field. And then my eyes would adjust and I'd see um, it's a wall and the opening was there. And I had to turn because my eyes were seeing two different things. Oh, and shit. this was a traumatic nightmare of, of the orphanage. And I remember when I was like 21, 22 years old, I wrote a research paper on it and it was maybe like 25, 30 pages. It wasn't something crazy. Um, and I, everything from the kind of like out of uh, trend um, Freudian analyses to um, like uh, Greek mythology, going to like the Onerai, to um, under like psychoanalyzing myself. Why would I have this dream? I used to have that dream once or twice a year, every single year, from age four to age twenty-two. After I wrote about it, really diving into it, stop. Never had the dream again. That's crazy. Well, no. since speaking of that, Kevin Kevin Sarian asks, why did you, what made you study clinical psychology? I mean, I'm, I'm someone who's lived in different worlds. And I think there's this recognition that there is a consistency in, in despite the language changing, despite the food changing, despite the buildings looking different, um, that there's one thing that that unifies us and it's it's behavior we're we're predictable we're we're kind of like snowflakes and that we all look we're inimitable where you can't make another one of us 
exactly at least. But snowflakes follow the same rules. They follow the rules of gravity, of thermodynamics, the way they freeze, the way they, the way the condensation process works. When, when, when you have a better understanding of why we do what we do, life, life becomes infinitely better, not just in like the, oh, you understand people better, but you understand yourself better. You get this, you know, we can like, you could transition very easily to uh, mental well-being. There's, there's different types of intelligence. One of them is called intrapersonal intelligence. It's, that's you understanding yourself. One of, one of the most important things I think is knowing what makes you tick, knowing the ways in which you are most vulnerable and the ways in which you can recharge yourself. So I know some people when life is really, really shitty, they do this or they do that and they, they just react. They, they haven't really planned it. Me, I think of the three, um, the three most common negative emotions I experience the first, like by far, is rage. I that's the the one that I the negative emotion I experience most frequently. After rage is uh, like depression, sadness, like in not in clinical depression, but sadness. And the third is anxiety. And it it took a while to realize that I know how to stop the rage, and specifically, it's exercising. Like lifting heavy weights is what gets the rage completely out. With anxiety reading, specifically reading fiction. I have to read something that, or not just fiction, but something that has a story in it. So nonfiction can work as long as there's narratives because I could lose myself and go into it. I don't have to think about my own thing or I don't have to think about it right away as it hit me. I can at least dive into this. And the third is um, with like feeling uh, like depression or sadness. For some reason, when I'm in that state, I'm, I'm, I'm just writing. My mind is writing. So I just grab a pen and whatever is coming out, I, I start crafting like sentences. And how things how like do you do that? The depression sad part, because most people, or if not almost, I can't say all, but most people, I guess, when they're depressed or sad, they're kind of, you know, they get in that, I don't want to do anything. I don't feel like doing anything, right? Even a simple thing as showering, yeah, drinking water, the bare essentials of human life, they just don't want to uh, entertain that thought. And so how do you, how so do you write? What you're talking about is clinical depression. So it's, it's a little bit different. <clears throat> what I'm talking about is like overwhelming sadness. It's different mm-hmm. because clinical depression is like low, low brain activity, Whereas mine is just being, it, it's like despair. It's, it's feeling of, um, it, it's, not, it's not like you're mourning, I think. It's not like something was actually necessarily lost. But you're feeling extremely down, upset, sad. And um, when that happens, there's, at least for me, I've, I've recognized that there's this like narrator that suddenly I can hear much louder. And they are maybe, you know, to some degree, it might be maladaptive daydreaming. Where you know some people who go through really bad events, they start daydreaming, and that's a way to mask reality. Mm. When I get really sad, that that kind of happens. I have like a foot in one world and a foot in the other world, and you know I've I don't like saying this because it sounds braggadocious, but I've I've had fifteen poems published, and 
every single one of them have been written in that state where when I'm sad, I can think about things that make me make me happy, make me explorative, just make me not me in that moment. It's not entirely at least, or not the, or, the original me, the one that's, you know, in that painful state. So when you're writing, are you writing about, how would you call it? Like the... Um, fantasy? A fantasy, Samuel, somebody... Not always. I sometimes, or, I sometimes write about a worse me. And I'm like, at least I'm not that guy. <laughs> no, but in, in sincerity, like, it's, it's not that it's a fantasy Samuel or anything like that, but it's there's a part that's no longer fully occupying who I am at my at my desk. I'm I'm now fully immersed in something else, but I am flowing through it. There's this uh, I believe Hungarian psychologist who has one of the most um, um, unpronounceable names. His name is Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi, and he has this book called Flow. And flow is about when you sort of lose sense of time, whether you're programming, you're designing something or you're writing, or you're talking to your, it could be a great conversation or it could be you're cooking where suddenly time vanishes, doesn't exist. Yeah. Vanishes. And you, you arise at the other point learning something or having done something that's called a flow state. We've, we've, we've like now it's an actual thing that we've actually registered. Um, for me, when I'm in that sad state, I, when I'm like very, very down, for some reason, the, the, the portal to that poetic flow state is wide open. And you get this from a lot of artists. I mean, Adele, who I love, uh, Adele's um, album 31 was written after her divorce, directly after her divorce. And she's gone on record uh, saying that this was her way to sort of explain the divorce to herself, to her her child. Um, and there's a word for that. So there's, I see someone writing uh, escapism. It's not necessarily escapism because escapism is specifically, um, it has the intention of avoiding that particular reality. Um, maladaptive daydreaming is escapism, but if you use the thing that's upsetting you as a sort of motivator to create something that's a specific, it's no longer really, um, it, it's still a defense mechanism, but it's called sublimation. It's that you take your, your shittiness and you turn it into something. You take your rage and you turn it into something. You take your sadness or your fear and you turn it into something. So it's not a chemical imbalance that we're talking about no. here. It's more of like a feeling that you're, it's a state of mind that you're going through yeah. where there is an emotional out, state. Th there's an out for it. It's just you got to find what your out is. Yeah. Because the depression that we were that I think Armand was referring to was more of a more of a chemical imbalance where that's why I was where, saying yeah. where your where your dopamine levels or your serotonin levels are completely off. Where you need to be on some sort of medication to balance it out. Can I ask you a quick question now? Uh, I'm not trying to downplay the profession of it. Sure. Don't you think countries like first world countries have more of people talking about depression and all these issues than in countries that the people simply don't have time to even think about these things. Yeah. Do you see where my question is? Or I mean, it's, it's completely accurate. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, why, it, it's, it, why is that? Well, for, for a, a, probably a lot of reasons, probably infinite reasons, because we're talking about behavior and behavior is something that you, 
can break down infinitely and there's interrelations between things. But one is that we have the luxury to be depressed. depressed. We yeah, have the luxury exactly. to be depressed. Which, that's what I'm trying to get to right now. <laughs> but that's not all of it. That's not all of it. But that that is a big component of it that, you know, like – you know, like, why do we exist? We exist to do something. It's and if we already have all these things. Like, you'll hear depression from someone that you least expected it, you know? It's like, what? But also, just it's because. the last person you expect to say that. Yeah, but I don't know if that's entirely fair. Because just because someone has luxuries and, you know, they, they might have a nice perfect car, life. nice house. On the outside, though. because it's a perfect life. Yeah. That's exactly. See? Again, that, the word depression in today's society is very loosely used. And that that's a problem it's too. losing its value. That's what I'm trying to get. But just because someone is living just because someone is living a good life doesn't mean that they can't experience that hormonal imbalance or that, yeah. that yeah. hormonal imbalance, that chemical imbalance and and go into a state where I mean some people, you know, okay. There's something called the he, uh, hedonic treadmill and it's it's basically the idea that we acclimate to our our, our life experiences. Someone who wins the lottery, for example, explosive joy and then they find that life is pretty much the same level of happiness yeah. someone who loses their legs you think that you know they're going to be horrible and miserable and all of a sudden now i can't walk all these things sometimes they have the biggest smile on their face yeah. but it, that, that's the hedonic treadmill it's this idea that we have this we have almost this like this um this range of an equilibrium like intrinsically that we each have and you know it goes up. Everyone has ups and downs, and I don't mean like in a social way. I mean in like a literal mind way. Chemical that, that we have ups and downs. Sometimes we're in a better state. Sometimes we're in a worse state. Sometimes we're in a worse state at times you wouldn't imagine. For example, you just accomplished that thing, whatever it is, that thing that you've been aiming for for so long, and as you're looking at that thing that you've just accomplished, that's it. There's this dread. I'm done. That was it. What do I do? Shit. Now you have no other purpose. Neil Armstrong is a good example. When he came back. From uh, where? From the, the studio of the yeah. fake moon landing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> he had you a, knew he, I was one of those. Yeah, how, about this, how, about this, how about this? How about this? When he realized they were actually filming <laughs> he, the moon landing. He, he, I caught that quickly. I was like, oh, there's mischief in Shop his guy. eye. <laughs> like, you can see he's already so excited. <laughs> Wait, you know, what? This, this, this is the chemical imbalance we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me, this, you know, one, ADD person, guys, ADD, ADD, ADD. one person was talking about how do you, how do you talk to people who are, who are crazy? And I don't like using this word unless we're, we're joking about it. I appreciate it. Uh, I got you. Uh, every Monday you try and outdo them. So someone's like, bro, you, you believe in the moon landing. You look at them like, you believe in the moon. Like you just got to go one more than them. You think we're living on a certain, on a sphere. <laughs> you think we could leave the atmosphere? Flat earth. It's a triangle, bro. Come on. Triangle. Ooh, you know, but you know what? I don't want to get into the, you guys should think. Okay, wait, well, go get into the flat earth, but where were you going with the Neil Armstrong? Yeah. Yeah, seriously. He he accomplished something magnificent to be able to look down at the planet that we're on, that all of us are on, whether you believe it or not. The idea that he was the person that did it in everyone's mind. We'll, we'll, we'll keep it at this. Yeah, yeah. Um, in 99.9999% of people's minds, they're like, we've done it. We've done that crazy thing that is an actual new frontier of human exploration that hadn't been done in, in our understanding for ever, forever. And, and we lost the technology after that. 
That being said, <laughs> that, that's different. Depends on who was in charge of <laughs> whatever. Let's that go, being let's said, go it was done. It was done. Neil Armstrong. What happened to him after? Absolute adrenaline junkie. Living, living like every day was his last, and not in a good way. So after, after, like you would think this man would be would be so excited to share that experience with everyone, and I mean, why it, wouldn't he talk about it? After? He did, That's, he did, but it just wasn't enough. It, 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 there wasn't this sensation that maybe carrying a very large burden. You think it was because he knew the truth? Okay, I can give you a different example if you want of someone I, who I'm accomplished just, their dream I'm and then afterwards saying, there's yeah, nothing. Let's, let's use another one because this one it's you know there's a lot of conspiracy. There's a lot of conspiracy it, tied so. to him, but so, there's other ones. Yeah, for let's sure. yeah. If you know of another one, you can think of off the top of your mind. I can think of myself when I when I published my first poem. When I published my very first poem. I was so excited and like. I had the book and I was reading the, the the lines to myself. I was like, I can't believe it's in pages. Like my name's in a book. That's wild. I was so excited. And then, you know, I was just like, okay, well. What now? Yeah, what do, what do I do? And I was like, let me let me write. And I would look at a page and I would write. And I'm like, well, it's not like the, the thing I just wrote. And it's I was just, not as good. Can, can as we pull that up? Can we, do you remember oh, the poem shit. or can we pull it up? You can. You can. Uh, so Google it, bro. Sorry. Google or wish you? you can. No, I, I mean, you, whatever you're comfortable with. I don't want you guys with. to read my poetry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a, an additional, like another type of nerdiness. The way, the way I said his name, like, <laughs> no, my, my, my first poem is called The Rooftop Junkie. It's about a, it's like a, it's a dual poem. It's a poem about like, basically about having to uh like the how fun it is at night and the freedom of in that moment you don't have work so you're just enjoying yourself and you're relaxing and all of that and then in the morning it's it's time to go to work you are bound to your occupation it's specifically uh that's another one 1915 rewound that's the armenian genocide in reverse like rewound and rewound but you said the first one was rooftop junkie, right? Yeah. He said he doesn't want you to see it. No, no, you can do it. You, you should type in. So you don't need the word poem. Just rooftop junkie Samuel Armin, and you'll you'll find it. I'll, I'll I'll teach you guys a little poetic technique while we're doing this. This is totally unexpected. These guys have always been publishing left and right. I'm I'm this one. Yeah. So if you scroll medium, yeah, yeah. How do you? I guess press that X button. That has the biggest, biggest like menu I've ever seen. So scroll down all the way until you see like poem, like poem. Is it this one or no? No, no, no. That's that's from Cloud Atlas. There it is. Oh. Yeah. You want me to say it or? Yeah, let me um, share, share it first. Oh, this is, We're new to this. I feel so there. vulnerable. <laughs> Beyond the wiseness, bro. Yeah. Can't be more vulnerable than that. <laughs> okay. for, for those of you who are going to be listening to this tomorrow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, just Google uh, Samuel Armen Rooftop Junkie, and it'll be the first link. Uh, you'll click on it because we're viewing it right now. And for those of you who are listening to this uh, the next day, yeah, that's where you'll find the, uh, the actual Well, Samuel's going to read it right now. Yes. So just just a, some context points before I start reading. One is Medium. So my Medium page is where I post like, my own sort of psychology research. So like and subscribe uh, to the Medium page. Um, but I also, so this is about understanding how words have a certain like blasts of emotion in them and things of that sort. 
Um, and it's about tempo and rhythm, how you can put power and rhythm. And if you want to manipulate people's emotions, you can do it through certain techniques, which I'll show you. And the other, the only other detail is I wrote this basically on a, on a, on my rooftop, just waiting for life to come back because I was, it was just miserable. It was, it was, you know, lockdown and New York was just garbage and everything was just shitty. And just looking down at the city that was like, it's just not alive. You know, how so, long ago was this? 2020. So, okay. During, d- uh, during the pandemic. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's called a rooftop junkie. <clears throat> so should, can I say one more thing about it? Yes. Yeah, go okay. Ahead. So there's, there's two, two, well, there's many different types of rhyme and emphasis. So this is something called scansion. And I, I love telling my students this because everyone hates poetry until they learn a few things. The, the most important thing in, in my mind is scansion. And it's that you can put every word as a natural emphasis, at least in the English language. So if I say, um, you want to go shopping, you want to go shopping. So it's the second syllable, the second syllable, and then the first syllable. If you, if you, manipulate those in certain ways you create a rhythm in your words so there's something called an anapest and there's something called a dactyl an anapest is dun 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 it rises up it gets stronger and then there's dactyl or dactylic which is dun 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 and that has a descending depressing sad feel to it the first half is anapestic you're high you're you're a junkie you're you're absorbing the drug of the nighttime and freedom in the second part, the sun, almost like a police officer, is looking down at you and saying, go and do work. Go back down to the ground and do your work. So you'll see it now. So it's, until death do us pardoning, I will be high, swinging up from the balconies all through the night. As the elements liberate, mix a new rush and build wonderful alchemies. Welcome, I call, to the stars as I drift through the halves of me. All of the yearning city lights comprehend what will pass, yet they still try to shield the inevitable push of their synesthetic atrophy burning to last. You again, off with you, you cannot be here now. Burning a glare, you officiate reality, beaming a grin. With my sanity cuffed to you, down I go, captured in glass, to be going where tragedy crowds and is flashing to see where you're dragging me now, to be worn off and lost. So, that first stanza has this up, up, up. Even if I read it in the most monotone, it doesn't matter because you know how the words sound naturally in the English language. And the second part has this descending, descending, descending feel. That's that's the drug, the high of the drug, and that is the crash withdrawal misery on the bottom part. And that's done specifically through rhythm. So did you write this while you were on the roof on the spot or you actually had to come down and evaluate and analyze and to be able to have the separation of the high and the low i was i was thinking about being on a rooftop and and i had this idea of like someone escaping by kind of hovering above everything and this idea of up being better than down was i think one of the first things and then you know it doesn't all come masterfully created not that that's masterfully created but it doesn't all come as a single piece it, it come it, or, or like as a finished product it, it comes as little pieces and then you recognize that like until death do us part it's like okay so that's that's the upflow how do i continue doing this 
like words like synesthetic atrophy. Synesthesia is when your senses combine. You know, people like they can see sound. Have you guys heard of synesthesia? I have no, no idea. No. no, we don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so there's something called synesthesia. Synesthesia is a, a some people. Um, one of my favorite writers, Vladimir Nabokov, uh, and you know Pharrell. I'm so Pharrell. happy. Of course, of course, he's a synesthete. So if you write out the number seven, he'll always see it as a certain color. Always color color. You could write it so it's white. It's it's a color to him automatically it's called synesthesia it's a it's a um, psychological phenomenon where there's your senses get cross-wired so some people have it a lot some people have it in small amounts some psychologists are saying everyone has it in small amounts which is why that kids believe that math the math folder is always red thursdays are green etc um i don't think everyone has it but um i think more people probably have it without even realizing there's such a thing uh so synesthetic is like the mixing of senses and atrophy is like if you don't work out, your muscles get weaker. Yeah. So like he's watching the the night ending and he's not he's getting less and less high. All of that comes from crafting and stuff. But it's okay, is a poem based on being high? Nope. Or is it Nope. I mean I was drinking. So it might be basically you being drunk and the alcohol is wearing off. And the morning is upon you. Yeah, well, recognizing that I have to open up my laptop and get to work. Yeah, get to work the next morning, and you know, and I'm sober up, remote learning. Yeah, maybe. No, definitely sober. No, no, up. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm so just, definitely uh, sober cause, up because you could look at again. Uh, everybody kind of dissects and elaborates poems the way they read it and they view it. Yeah. Again, if you hadn't mentioned anything as far as sobering up and the highs and the lows, I would have looked at that as it was probably somebody who was high out of their mind on a rooftop and mm-hmm. then they're basically waking up and they're basically they're, they're seeing the sun come up and and like an officer basically saying you can't you can't yeah, be here yeah that that's that's what and if you but that's if, the goal yeah, to write it in a way that there's if layers. it didn't say rooftop and it said alleyway i would have thought like it was like some homeless junkie in the alleyway high out of his mind and the officer showed up flashed the light and said hey get up but that's that's the beauty of it i mean the the thing about art is not that there's a single interpretation but that there's multiple interpretations and that you can weave them together like you, that's i think what separates art from non-art you know and i'm not trying to be like anything can be art because i don't think if you fart into a microphone that'll be a song <laughs> but there there's we've tried that it didn't work so. it didn't work out especially that one that especially one. that one huh. i'm gonna have pink guy tomorrow you'll see <laughs> more than pink what guy. movie is that from was it, he farted on the pillow and everyone had pink eye. Oh shit! That this, sounds, this that's guy. the that movie. Guy. It sounds familiar, but I don't remember which movie it was. He knows every movie we don't. Know. Joe, do you know what movie it is? Or Levy? Joe's, Joe's, Joe's on a break. But yeah, yeah. So that's that's the thing. Like, <laughs> kind of. This, this, by the way, this, this guy's face. <laughs> this started because of sublimation. The idea that like we all deal with shit in different ways. Yeah. Oh, but going. I I know we've been talking about poems, we've been talking about books, but you mentioned, you know, pandemic and you mentioned New York. You know, we were, our podcast began, as you know, well before the pandemic. And it, it's funny to just hear about, you know, you, you mentioned New York. What what was it like in New York City? You know, which is a is the city that never sleeps. Bad. During. It COVID. slept. It was really bad. Like really, really, really bad. I mean, there was... 
I mean, well, my my best friend Chris is a uh, he's a PA, he's a physician's assistant, and um, yeah, just you know, I I um, in the early part of the the pandemic, I was I was seeing someone who was also a PA, interestingly, and uh, yeah, she um, you know, remember she uh, we we met up and she's just crying. I was like, what happened? She was like, there's just so many who passed today, and I was like, like in in your hospital? She's like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. And they're all, they're much older people, obviously, um, because that's some of the things that they were not talking about. Um, but yeah, we, it was, there were the, the stringent control that we, like you had to get vaccinated or else you couldn't teach. For example, that was something that, you know, how many teachers we lost during the pandemic? Great teachers who were like, I don't, I'm healthy. Do you don't don't think that was done on purpose to get those teachers not to teach anymore? I think it was a way to force compliance. I I, I think that's an interesting, interesting or maybe test compliance. Test compliance, hundred percent. Yeah, because yeah, probably. Though now, whoever did get the shot is a compliant employee. Yeah, or they're right. very good at faking. Well, that's a different topic. Yeah. We won't bring that up here. Yeah, right, right. But it's easier to control people who are willing to do something just because you're told to. And not just that, if you reward them afterwards. With a burger? No, no. If you, just, if you reward them, if you just say, good job, you're the heroes. You're the ones that stayed. Oh, yeah, you're you the know, heroes. They were the heroes. Well, because yeah. habit, habit has multiple parts to it. The first is the actual act. You reach for your toothbrush. Then there's the routine. Or there's the cue. It's like, oh, it's morning. I have to brush my teeth. That's the cue. Then there's the routine. Okay, I reach for the toothbrush. I grab it. I don't want to say I put it in my mouth, you know, you know, uh, and then the reward, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want that to be a sound bite. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> it's going to be, we hear that all the time. Yeah, no trust in us, huh? Zero <laughs> trust. Yeah, no, no trust in people. Anyone could listen and be like, well, let's take that. Um, and then you have the, the reward, which is the, sometimes it's uh, mint, this cinnamon uh, toothpaste has like a really nice taste to it too. Psychopaths. Uh, that's me, I guess. Uh, uh, I also love cinnamon. So, um, so uh, you have those three different things. You have the the cue, the routine, and then the reward. And for the the teachers who complied, you give them that reward. You tell them that they're amazing. You tell them that they're awesome, and you know they're a hero. the The students really need them, which is all true, by the way. Students do need teachers, good teachers, of course, ones that are. Like, okay, like... Caring? Caring, like, that, not just caring, care enough about... about the education. Just, yeah, enough now, about making sure... Now, if a teacher sure. is not getting upset when the student's not doing well, that teacher doesn't give a shit. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I forgot. I think it was Eli Weisel who said uh, the opposite of hate... Uh, sorry, the opposite of love is not hate. It's... Um, no care? Yeah, it was like... Not the word... Uh, it wasn't detachment. It was something like detachment. Oh man, I forgot what exactly it was. It wasn't apathy because that's hate. It was basically like detachment is the opposite of love because it makes you, it makes you, you're just disconnected. And some teachers after a certain amount of time with remote learning, which was the most bullshit thing I've ever experienced. It, like they, they were just like, no, this isn't teaching. Like I, I think remote learning is an oxymoron. It just doesn't make sense to me. Learning is like a, we don't learn from just. Environment matters in learning, bro. Not just matters, it's 
everything. Yeah, it's definitely. everything. Like you don't learn from just reading shit. You don't learn. You you have to test it out. You have to look around. You have to joke with your friend. Be like, look how how silly is that? How would it? All of that reinforces it. That's why like my classes are very like uh, playful, but we're learning like heavy things. And I tell them break break in five minutes and and discuss like what we just learned and whoever's whoever's the bravest in your group to opine let me know what you think yeah. and then they come out and they're like well you know th the way the author did this or or they'll be looking at a debate they would they would look at um one of the ones that was uh very interesting was um they were look or i can i can tell you i don't want to say what they're about to learn in case any of them watch but they'll they'll look at they'll look at debates and they'll be like this person said this, and that was a logical fallacy because they're assuming this and this, and I think it's silly, and it reminds me of when my mom. Da, 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 and now they're you're talking about like presidential debates and or something like that, sometimes, or something. Different. Sometimes presidential debates. I mean, I've I've definitely showed them. Um, like you're um, in New York, Pierre, why, like if you were to let your kids watch the students watch, I don't know New York State debates. No, but I, I would have them watch like uh, Justin Trudeau get eviscerated. That was fun. Really? <laughs> oh yeah. Damn. I, and they would be like, "Who? Like, who's Justin?" Some, some of them, a few of them would be like, "Who's?" Um, I don't want to. His last name is. Po I can't say it properly, but Polivier. Polivier. Uh, uh, watch him absolutely annihilate people, and it's like, well, how did he do that? Like, I, I know like, he's to some people like far right he's not not at all and some of these students what's the number one thing they look at logic comes up a lot in your classroom or not yeah watching all this? I, I market i market my class as like this is this entire class is about persuasion it's about how to be persuasive and like even even like some of the kids who they they hear words like rhetoric and their their interest goes to like negative a thousand i'm like we're not gonna learn rhetoric we're gonna learn how to orchestrate these sounds into getting things done, into getting people upset, getting people energized, getting people concerned, getting people worried, uh, and that—that's what the and it's it's AP uh, AP Lang AP English Language and Composition. I don't I don't see it like that, you know. I, I see it as this is a class where we're going to look at how people blast meaning into uh, certain audiences. You, you know who would do really well in your class? Who? Our vice president. Oh God. Kamala? Kamala, bro, she can speak for 10 minutes. You still don't know what the, f not one you know, you know what we call sentence what she does? makes sense. You know, is it word salad. Word salad, exactly. I was going to say word salad. It's That's exactly what it is. Yeah. She'll speak for 10 minutes. I'm like, I just want to understand one point in the damn thing. It's the passage of time. Yeah. Did you see the that The words one? make sense. The words are in the right order. It's, I, I wouldn't call it a no word salad. I call it a word chipper at this point. Yeah, it's literally being but thrown that's inside a of talent. Her. I'm sorry, guys. Like, I, not that I like her, but to be able to, I can't do that shit. Can you? Can you pull that off? Bullshit. Yeah, I think so. I, I think you could too. I can't do it, man. I can't do it. I think there's nothing good about Kamala Harris. I get it, but the fact that she has that's a strength to me, honestly. Like to be, I think that's more the the media. That's a good salesperson. I think if someone was like clarify that, she would like, like uh, she's you know remember what uh, thing. Uh, What's his name? The guy from X, Elon Musk, right? Remember what he did to that reporter? Which called one? his the bullshit. The BBC reporter. Yeah, he called his bullshit. He's like, "You're lying." Oh yeah. The guy just froze, like, because he wasn't. He just called his lie. Because they don't, they don't, they don't ever get. Yeah, they back. never get yeah. that response. And you remember what it specifically was? The guy was like, "I've been seeing ever since 
summarily yeah, he's speaking. like uh, censorship and all that. No, no, it wasn't that. It was ever since you've taken on um, X, uh, Twitter. Twitter. Uh, I've been seeing a lot more hate crimes and things like that. And he's like, hate well, how do you speech. define hate speech? Yeah. How do you define hate speech? He's like, oh, well, something's a little bit misogynistic. Oh, so you think that's it? So can you give me an example? And he's like, well, Ooh. I don't really, well, I don't really go on to it. He's like, well, you said over the last two months. So, so you, do so you just lied. <laughs> so you just, and the guy's like, well, I didn't lie. It's like, you, you lied. Just, you specifically <laughs> it's lied. Like, give me an example. And when you can't give an example, yet you call out something, you're basically, okay, so it's, which one is it? Is it? You're full yeah. of shit or you're a liar. What is, is, there, is there hate speech or are you just making shit up to get views? And there's like, there's a lie already in there because like what, what is defined as hate speech? I mean, that's, that's another thing my students debated about. I have my students debate about like what constitutes hate speech and it's, it's awesome. And so you, a lot of people are, are like scared to touch, like touch on these topics and like, why? If, if there are things that the kids have to deal with. Because they're afraid of being labeled. That's what right. it is. So you said it's an English class. Mm -hmm. It's an AP, AP English, English class. Yeah. Wow, but how, completely how, how are I had you? AP English in high school, and it's completely different than what reading like Aristotle. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah you had AP English. Yeah, believe it or not. Yeah. No, we but get Christian was my teacher, bro. We get through logos, ethos, and um, uh, uh, what did I not say? Logos, ethos, and pathos. We get through that in um the very first unit, and oh. we barrel forward. See, the same but, class can be taught. But in how many are you ways. able to? have these conversations in New York. I mean in the classroom setting. I guess because Brooklyn, right? Yeah. The hard the the, Bro, the bluest not I guess not the bluest of blue because there's still Seattle and places that are no, no, bluer but than New far, York. Okay, but as far as New York is concerned, when I just mentioned, you know, in the beginning of the podcast, Brooklyn has has gone from again, it was very tough. Tough to yeah. uh very well, gentrified. Yeah. And today, speaking like that in Brooklyn, you would be labeled as a right-wing extremist. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, I mean, critical I think, thinking. Well, I think, I think. Well, it depends. So here's one of my favorite. I have a lot of favorite memories with with these kids. One of my favorite memories in the last three years, because I've been teaching at uh, Brooklyn Tech for the last three years, and Brooklyn Tech's the, the number one school in Brooklyn. Um, the uh, the student. Um, uh, I'm not going to say her name, but an Iranian student. Um, she said, "What do you think of what do you think of Biden's decision to drill in Alaska?" And it was so out of nowhere. Class had ended; everyone was already leaving, and she's just like like hovering by my desk. And I was like, "Oh, I I haven't had really a chance to like look into that." And like she knows that I'm not always, but I'm very frequently up on the news. And this this was a story that. I guess was happening that just morning. Right there. Yeah. And I just, I just didn't know it. So I told her, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't read about it yet. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. It's, it's pretty interesting that that that's a sentence because Biden and drilling and oil and all Fracking, that stuff. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, very like, let, let me get back to you. And she's like, okay, cool. Just let me know. And she starts walking out and I'm like, wait, hold on. Can I ask why, why you're asking me? Cause I was, I'm just curious. And she goes, you're you're one of the very few people I know who I can trust with information. I know it won't be biased. And I told her, student's name, uh, I'm not, it's not that I'm not biased. It's that I will, I'll at least recognize my bias and present it to you that way. I won't tell you, well, this is how it is and you have to think of it that way. I'll tell you specifically that this is what's happening and th these are the ways that I interpret it. And I don't think that's something that teachers do. They they tell them, 
you have to follow this particular uh, ideology. This is the only way to see, um, for example, uh, one of the many Trump cases. And to see it in any other way is wrong. Or um, the you pick from the list of things that you're not supposed to talk about, whether it's uh, transgenderism uh, or Black Lives Matter. How does that conversation go in a high school setting today? You, I can't speak. I can't speak for that because I I know for a fact that the students don't get that kind of conversation from any teacher, just from the ones that I know. And if they do, it's already in a very prepackaged way. Whereas I don't want that. I don't. That's the opposite of critical thinking. That's regurgitation. Yeah. And especially if it's things that everyone agreed on something that's not really a natural thought, like and and they've arrived to this idea that this particular thing that adults that have no connection to them, they don't see the same perspectives are pushing a certain idea into their minds. Regurgitating that is just, it's just an exercise in compliance. Can you imitate that monkey? It's like, okay, sure. Are you trying to pick topics that could create a little bit of a balance in 50, 50 of students or what they think? Even better. I, I have a poll out at the beginning of things. I'm like, uh, you tell me topics that you want. I'm going to, I'm going to type them in a poll. So, you know, one conspiracy theories. I'm like, okay, that's, that, that's gonna always be winner. No, it did win actually. <laughs> uh, and, um, so, uh, what was it? Um, what are some other ones? Um, uh, gun control, um, illegal immigration, um, in New the, York, the economy. Oh yeah. Illegal immigration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're having a class discussion about it. Well, I, I mean, this is what's upcoming. I'm telling you what's happening literally next oh, week. Okay, yeah, and you don't okay. get pushback from administration? No. At all? No. I'm surprised, especially in Brooklyn. That is crazy. I mean, it depends. If I go there and I say, like, every single illegal immigrant is a horrible person, they no, should be executed. that's not what you're doing. But that's, but that's the thing. You should be able to, you should be able to at least identify every single possible topic it is such a disservice, especially, especially the ones that are quote unquote hot button issues. It is so you you are almost strategically removing the ability to learn about the topic when you cut off an entire side. Or even to say a side is not enough. This one little portion is is the truth, and anything outside of it is inappropriate. That that's so blinding and such a good exercise in non-critical thinking and non-questioning and non-probing and in non-extrapolation. So yeah, no, we, we talk about anything. Now, I, now if they say things that are, if they say things like, I believe every um, illegal immigrant should be killed. That's, that's a lot, a lot different. No, that's a little bit too extreme. Or, or if they, I don't know if they say, for example, if we're talking about black lives matter and they, they say something like deeply, deeply, sincerely racist. It's like, well, that's, that's, that's not just problematic. That's dumb to be like, oh, you're that racist. Ergo, you must have these particular traits. If those kind of things come up, of course, but if you're discussing. But does, does truth prevail in all of this at the end of the day? I mean, it depends on. Like if you guys are discussing black lives matter and one of the students stands up and says the people behind that movement didn't do shit for the black people in this country, which is true. Is, 
which is true, right? Yeah. Is anyone going to stand Depends up? Depends on what you mean by do shit before, but did not do what was what was promised. And yeah. it's also who started it and, you know, what was on their, what was their original mission statement about the nuclear family and all these things and, and who who are they actually? Yeah. Those, those so are these are that, the type of discussions that could happen in the classroom. Yeah. Yeah. It should, and, and as it ought to be. But I don't think that would happen at many schools. And I, no, 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 and no. you also have well, to. here you'd be. You have to approach it uh, carefully too because you don't you don't want to uh because things i mean sometimes things with the between the students gets uh a little bit aggressive is this i mean it's a private school i'm guessing no it's a magnate magnate school yeah. yeah but again the point isn't to talk about topics that are hard to talk about that's not the point the point is that any topic unless it's a deeply it's actually <coughs> inappropriate something that's like pornographic like that's different obviously different it's just this it's just the First of all, why someone would want to is yeah. that's a whole gigantic red flag. Um, but to offer topics that are extremely important right now and to look at every side. One of my students was, uh, this was last year was talking about um, the um, abortion. And I told her, who here, I don't want to make anyone feel whatever, who here has a strong opinion on uh, abortion bans? And a lot of students raise their hands. I'm like, uh, keep in mind, I'm not telling them what side you're on. If you think it's, it should be up to the States. But before right. you continue, how old are these kids? Uh, 16, 17. Okay. Uh, depending on when their birthday is, obviously. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, who here feels strongly uh, on either side? Like you have a strong opinion for or against that way. If, if I present it in that way, they're not afraid because you don't know what it is. So, maybe like 65% of the students raise their hands about this particular topic. And that's awesome. And I'll look and I'll be like, okay, try this. Go on the diametrically opposite side of your opinion. So let's say you feel that. Um, I'm pro-choice. Yeah, you're pro-choice, but super pro-choice. Yeah. So like you believe in like uh, that at any point, not any point, but like not not late term pregnancy, but life basically be, at, uh, life begins at uh, conception. Well, that's the that's that's the pro life. That's yeah, the opposite. So that's the extreme pro life, like at conception, and then on the other side is basically like late term abortions, and also tied to it. If you want to be as extreme as possible, men have no right to even opine. They can't. Men are not part of the conversation, which is interesting because if the baby's born, the man would have to be involved and obviously pay child support if they don't want to be involved, etc. Um, I told them, choose as far away from your side, learn everything about the other side. If it, if it gets you like enraged, Oils your blood. Yeah. If it does that, use that as fuel to get back home, but you have to get back home with words. You have to get back home logically. You can't just be like, well, you're a fucking idiot. Cause that's not, there's that's no, not there's logical. no moral high ground. You, Nothing. you are even, even you're losing even. that, uh, Debate, if right morality, there. if morality, if morality mattered in debate and in swaying opinions genuinely, there would be no Armenian genocide. There would be no Rwandan genocide. There would be no Holocaust. There would be none of these things would have happened. So take the whole morality thing and like move it away and approach it in terms of logicality. Try your best in that capacity. Understand why they say what they say and dig back home. And if you can do that, you win. And you have exercised very, very thoroughly how to think critically. Wow. 
And you could do that with anything you feel passionately about. Man, that's a, that's a course that I want to take now. It's crazy. Billy, that's that's Billy, the highest Billy, compliment a teacher can have. Billy, Billy Madison, bro. He did it. You can do it as well. Well, high school, I mean, all three of us, we could say we enjoyed high school. I'm sure you did as well. Yeah. The problem with all of this is a lot of these kids in today's society are glued to these. And the algorithms attached to it. Yeah, so but do you know what's the, happening now with, with teenagers? Especially what on is, social media. What is happening? The the boys are getting more conservative and the girls are getting more liberal. The boys are becoming more conservative. The girls are becoming True. more liberal. Yep. Really? Significantly, True. yeah. Why? How, how so? What do you mean by how so? I mean, how, what, what's why, influencing why, Yeah, that? what is it that's influencing the boys to become conservative? Is it because uh, if I want to go to the extreme, I'll be like, the boys are listening to Andrew Tate more. Yeah, well, not and anymore. The, well, guys, uh, well, you know what I mean. <laughs> And the girls are basically going towards this whole Me Too movement and abortion and women's rights and uh, this whole uh, LGBTQ movement that's going on where majority of the people that are part of the movement are actually women. Yeah. yeah. Single women, but women. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, okay, so this is, a, this is actually like 17 questions in one, but I'll answer the first part, which is, um, yeah, why are the boys. men, why are, why are the young boys. boys going towards conservatism? And I think a good part of it is that a lot of the, a lot of them don't feel seen in academia because a lot of academia isn't, doesn't cater to masculinity. And if like the institutions Does it come from the institutions, hiring, uh, instructors that are feminine? completely feminine. Whether male or female, that that could be. I mean, most teachers are female, but I I think it's it's not just that because you can have a female teacher um, teach you how to be a man. Like you yeah. you can have that or give you traits. You can. I mean, it's it's, it's possible. Yeah. Or, it's very I, rare. I, I don't think it's not the same. But tea, I don't think teach. I think maybe <laughs> give you certain advice on advice on how to. That's better. Guidance. Yeah, yeah. Guidance to how to tr maybe treat a woman as a man. Yeah. Or what women look for in a man. Yeah. That would be, I mean, in my opinion. Just like a man. A man yeah. can do that too. Yeah. Too. I yeah. know. But in my opinion, I mean, again, everybody has opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. But in my opinion is uh, anybody that would teach you how to be a man would be an actual man. Yeah, uh, a gentleman. Uh, that's why they go towards the father figure but as well. Why the, why the father figure is so important in a household. But but I mean a female teacher can can talk about her like masculine uh, like role models or not just role models but people like for example if she has a son and she has a husband she can point to the interplay between the son and the husband in a way that's that the 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 father might not even notice that he's doing it but he's doing it really well and the son might not even realize the way in which they're interacting especially if they're young but the mother being able to see all of this in in HD all the time can can really like almost describe it in, in these anecdotes. Like this and is something. use that why not? towards their students. Why not? Why not? It's great. Yeah, I mean, the teacher should be effective communicators. If it's there, then why not? Yeah. Teacher should be, uh, should be uh, perceptive, definitely. You should be able to know what all of them are doing at one time because that's what we're kind of doing. Shit. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think. Um, but I, I do feel like there there is a uh, a pull away from traits that would be considered masculine, like like assertiveness, for example. That's that's something that's that's um, historically seen as a masculine trait. 
And you don't really see that in the classroom. I mean, it can manifest in debates kind of, but even debates have to be padded, cushioned, pillowed. And that's just not, it's not always the, the way in which reality exists. You don't always have benevolent conversations with people. Some conversations that are necessary to have are really, really tough and, and difficult and, and riddled with conflict. But you have to navigate them in a way that's, no matter what's being thrown at you, you're grounded. You're grounded. You're, you're not going to be thrown off based on what's said. Yeah, because I think going, going back to what I was mentioning about labeling, being masculine now is a label. Being feminine is a label. Yeah. And they're not only social media, but mainstream media and politicians have twisted what being masculine is and what being feminine is. Mm -hmm. There are young ladies who no longer want to be feminine. And there are young men that or no longer- think. Or they, add, think, or they think, or they think they don't want to be feminine or they, th and, or young men that don't think they want to be masculine because they don't want to be labeled a certain type of person. Yeah. I mean, being masculine is in, in my, again, uh, in my opinion is being able to provide, being able to protect, being able to uh, support your, not only your family, but your significant other. Yeah. And then feminine on the other hand is the same thing but in a different kind of context, being able, the nurturing type, the providing type, mm -hmm. not, may not be on a financial note, but on a emotional kind of standpoint. Yeah. But mainstream media and social media have turned it into this completely different um, context where being feminine is weak and being masculine is overpowering where it's like, oh my God, he's so masculine. They're both wrong, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 kind of, it's it's gone so far left. It's almost like and they're so trying to blur yeah, it. It's gone so far left and so far right where the dynamic of both elements of being masculine and feminine actually are supposed to be work, being worked hand in hand yeah. are now being completely separated, which goes back to the whole family dynamic. That's being completely tarnished and being ruined because of all this labeling. Well, it's much easier to control people when the family unit is destabilized. Did yeah. you see that? Did you guys see that poem I posted the other day? The Persian poem about yeah, yeah. About yeah. I do remember that. Uh, I was surprised, then, but then after I read the English part, I was like, "Wow, that's pretty deep." You were surprised that I wrote the, it in Persian. In Persian, oh. I was like, "Wait, did he understand?" And then I saw the. Did you read it backwards? <laughs> <laughs> I saw the English part later. Is what but, I'm saying. But I, that, I didn't see the poem. I'll, I'll, it's a it's a very short poem, but it's it's basically the masculine man's. I don't even like to say masculine man because a man by default ought um, to be ought to be masculine. Yeah. If you, it's like saying, "Well, are you biological male or female? <laughs> You're either male or female. There's no biological or non-biological or chemically enhanced. You know, there's." One or the other. Not you're either a man society. or you're castrated. There's, there's, chemically, there's chemically enhanced people. <laughs> I, I know they exist, but yeah. as far as... Neil, not Neil Armstrong. What was the, the bicyclist's name? Lance, Lance Armstrong. Lance Armstrong. Yeah, he was chemically enhanced. Well, a lot of athletes But then he won days. the Tour de France but, nine times. Bro. <laughs> chemically enhanced, you mean steroids. Yeah. 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 Well, that's what well, whatever you call it, look, at, at the end of the day, some of those accomplishments, I don't know if it can be taken away because you and I can take 10x the steroids he took and I promise you, we can't do 1% of what he did. Well, they found that like if you removed steroids, or you removed uh, the, the drugs that were uh, illegal, the person who would have gotten first place was actually like ranked like 23rd or 24th or 25th or 26th or something. 
it's like, okay, well, all of those people were doing it as well. Yeah. So like he, he still <coughs> was phenomenal. Of course. So here's what the poem, here's how the poem goes. Um, it says, uh, life is yours. Death is mine. Peace is yours. Stress is mine. Happiness is yours. Sorrow is mine. Everything is yours, but you are mine. It's it's a man writing this poem to his woman. As far as what a man is supposed to sacrifice yeah. for the happiness of his family, which is, right, the death is mine, but life is yours. Yeah. I live for you, mm-hmm. for, you know, for the family. I stress so you can have peace, yeah. right? And the peace part's important because peace is not only that it's you know the opposite of warfare, but it's also the the opposite of lots of noise. So we don't we don't speak about the suffering. We exactly. don't bring it into them. We want them. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, sorrow, but then so you can have happiness, right? And everything is yours. But what matters is that you're mine. Yeah. So I don't know. To me, it was and you know who mentioned this, and then I looked for it. I found it was Andrew Tate. During one of his recent interviews, I was interviews. about to say that would be that could I could see people seeing that as like um, like toxic masculinity. Like, why does she need you to protect her? It's just I like, don't need you to be happy. Yeah, it's like, well, <laughs> you you could see it, you could see it that way if you want to, and you're free to, you know, you're free to interpret things in certain ways. I mean, the sacrifices we make, if they're if they're not consensual, it's like, yeah, sure, then fine, then you can say like that's bad. But if if a man has a natural desire to be protective. And a woman has a natural desire to be like nurturing. Then I mean, and you you they they write a poem that encapsulates it. Then yeah, there's literally nothing wrong with that. But which people- is ultimately the definition of a man and a woman. A, a man is supposed to provide and protect. A woman is supposed to nurture, yeah. to love and nurture. The funniest thing about a lot of this kind of conversation is that in in so many ways that you you cut it. Men and women have absolutely clear differences in so many different ways. And when I say so many different ways, I don't just mean psychologically, but of course psychologically, but like even brain matter. Physical? Physical, of course. We're uh, on average about, was it 9% taller on average? Our bone density is greater. Our lung capacity is greater. We're, we're more built uh, to detect moving objects especially fast moving objects we have better vision for fast moving objects they have better uh vision for discerning differences in color they can do that much better than we can naturally this is the way they're structured why why it makes it makes sense one because we're hunting and they're gathering for thousands of years and you could be like oh that's sexist that you're assuming there's no assumption that's what we were doing that's That's what nature did and and we we have we have records of in so many different ways. We know what people were doing and who was doing what you need to be able to, women would have to be able to discern that one is delicious and lovely. That, that particular thing, that spice is going to rip your mouth open because it's so hot and little Timmy is going to, or whatever the Neolithic name would be. Little Timmy is going to sob and then poop fire. And then this one's going to kill all of us they would have to be able to discern the little differences. In fact, some people believe that um, our ability to discriminate between different colors got greater and greater because of our, uh, the, evolution. the way, well, it's always evolution, but 
being able to discern the different crops very, very clearly, very, very precisely. Part of it was being able to discern the different um, spices, the different vegetables. It's, the different it's, in the, it's in the human species. It's genetically, that's how women and men are are bred at this point. Yeah. I mean, even there's statistics out there that say women are actually more patient than men. And you and you realize that later on snipers, you know, you know that's from. military and, snipers. And you realize that later in life when you have children and you realize how much more patient your significant other, your wife is compared yeah. to you. Yeah. Brownie women, points, brownie points. Little little <laughs> little differences in multitasking. I love this, by the way. <laughs> Women, you need women one in are your classroom. Yeah, it'll be amazing. Well, I have the 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 air horn. That bah, 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 bah. Uh, yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, they have like women in in there's there's some studies that suggest that women have uh, a higher um, ability to multitask, for example, they which do? would make sense because of I mean, if you're pregnant, I assume everything's a multitask. Uh, um, like in terms of speed and, and endurance and lifting things obviously men have that capacity pain tolerance is women, interesting women pain tolerance is interesting sure. well it I, it depends because women also have more sensitive skin they can also have better sense of smell than men also their sense of smell fluctuates but when you're talking about pain bro like just think about it a guy gets i mean i, I catch a cold i'm in bed bro like, Women give birth. Bro. I'm also Come I become on. a huge baby too. When you're I'm, when you're I'm a millennial, that's why. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. Of course, you are. The pain, the pain tolerance thing is interesting because it's tough to measure pain awesome. because it's also like your strength is a is a factor. And if if men have uh, about forty five percent greater musculature and denser bones and all these things, then it's it's a little bit harder to determine the strength that would be. Uh, even ratio for the two in order to be able to detect the differences in pain perception holding ice for a long period of time men would probably win that one maybe i think the whole pain argument comes from obviously women giving birth that's where i go i'm going with it but yeah Yeah, man holding holding ice and heat and all that stuff i think women take it have you ever have you ever put your hand underneath the the kitchen sink when your mom is doing the dishes well, no, I think it's, men it's, it's, men probably like, can handle that more. But that could also be from uh, experience from doing it so many times. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. Like my friend's uncle, when he's barbecuing, he'll just grab the lit charcoal and move it around. Yeah, he, some he, people he can do that. Use a, uh, Holy shit, are you he serious? He used to be a carpenter, so his hands have and so much have callus. The, callus, the skin. Like, yeah, he'll just grab. The Sam A says, not only human species, animal kingdom human, as well. Definitely. The cool thing right. about this is, so there's, there's essentially the... The quarter and the courted. The quarter, the one that is seeking the mate, uh, has to do something. The male. To, to impress. Not always. Not always, but I'm gonna get to that in a second. Yeah, it has to has to do something to impress. And the 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 other, the courted, has to be dis, has to be, what's the word? Like have a very high filter to be like, okay, well, you're not strong enough, or your plumage isn't colorful enough, or yeah, your neck isn't long enough if you're a giraffe or whatever it is. And it's it's interesting. In species where the gender role has switched, where the the male has the all, all the the sort the of the peacocks feminine. are an amazing example of this. Yeah. Well, where the men have to have the colors and the show while the women are white. Well, well no, it's, that's know, it's not pretty crazy. Every, almost every single animal, the male 
is more beautiful. Like lion, peacock. Uh, you look at um, but the then women what happened? What happened with the, the birds? What happened with the human kind? You look at the the most much more beautiful majority looking. of bird <laughs> bird species. You look at the colorful one, ducks. Yeah, the colorful yeah. ones. They're all the 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 women are always just one solid color. Even the two. flamingo. Look at the flamingo. Right. So that's crazy. Oh, this just reminded me of something really really interesting too. Like sometimes, so evolution has two different. We'll call them. Uh, we'll call them like scales. Uh, one is the type of selection and one is the unit of selection. And you don't separate these, you actually crisscross them. The The type of selection is, it, it's what it sounds like. It's like the genre in which we select. There's natural selection, uh, there's sexual selection, there's artificial selection. Natural selection is uh, like the the thing that will fight the most or, or flee a predator life, the most. Life taking its course. Like right. with the human species and the Neanderthals, natural selection, the human species continue to prosper and live on. In a single in, lifetime. In a single lifetime. Whereas Sexual. the Neander, Neanderthals eventually kind of... But we still right? have Neanderthal DNA though. Uh, DN, right? DNA, yes. Yeah. But eventually that's Neanderthals mixed in with the humans. Yeah. Have you noticed we're so different from continent to continent? Correct, but continue what you were saying. So you, you, then you have sexual selection, which is you know, what what makes you want to mate with, presumably in in most cases with the the other sex, and uh, and then you have artificial. And artificial is a whole nother topic that we'll just put in the corner. Those are types of selection, right? Then you have unit of selection. Okay, unit of selection is the is the scale or the magnitude. So there's there's at least four, but th- these are the main ones: genetic. So is it is it the genes that are pushing forward in to make life in the next round, the next round, in the next uh, generation? Phenotypes, which is your physicality, it's 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 the thing that interacts with nature. The long neck isn't a gene; it's a series of genes that are uh, present that make the neck long enough to reach the trees that the other ones can't reach. So that you're fed, you can bend lower and eat theirs too, but you they can't eat yours. So that's the phenotypic. Then there's the individual, individual, and then there's the uh, group. So each of these, you take the natural selection, sexual selection, and artificial selection, you funnel it through those four units, and you can explain such an insane amount of human behavior, especially things that you, you wouldn't think you could possibly explain. And that's what I've just described is specifically what evolutionary psychology does. It'll look at... It'll look at any sort of weird behavior, midlife crisis, you buy a Corvette. What is that? That's the, the male peacock shaking its feathers. You look at um, women are more likely on social media to post pictures of themselves, whereas men are more likely to show pictures of things. I have these things. I am successful. I have these items. Whereas a woman is like, this is, this is me. This is what you want to mate with. For example. Uh, Interesting analogy. It's it's really really impressive when when you and the best person for this is um, uh, Doctor Randolph Nessie because he's looked specifically at psychopathologies like you need to have <laughs> the tribe could benefit from having one psychopath because who is the person who's going to barge forward into battle with no no real no fear fear of like no capacity for fear not really. Yeah. Um, 
we mentioned ADHD. What about anxiety, having high anxiety? Why the hell would we have that evolved? Because uh, you, it's basically having like an overactive smoke detector. It's good that it, it'll, it'll, it's much better than a one that's underactive. It's sensitive. Because the underactive one will miss. It'll miss one that'll barbecue you. Whereas the hyperactive one, they'll detect things that everyone else is like, no, they're very laissez-faire about it. Like, no, it's okay. Like, that's not a threat. It's, it's just like the other uh, big, big dogs that's, that's roaming around. It's like, no, that's a wolf coming towards us. And, oh, my God, we have to do something to prepare. Okay, fine. This guy's freaking out. Let's, let's, let's prepare. Wolf comes. Who's the one that kept the tribe going? The person who has that anxiety. This is, and by the way, that's group. That's funneling natural selection through the group. You, you, you can understand an immense amount of human behavior through just the, that grid of evolutionary psychology. Natural, artificial, and sexual selection through the genetic scale, the phenotypic scale, meaning our physical traits, um, the individual scale, and the collaborative scale. It's wild. So wh wh why are animal kingdom and in mankind mankind i mean women always attracted to alpha males well because even in lion prides right you see the females will pick the strongest the alpha male even if sometimes it's a brother against is that brother what's going on there or i think what you're seeing is the male lions fight the winner takes the family and it's not a choice that's well, the alpha I male well let me let me ask let yeah, me ask the alpha male. let me let yeah. me let me flip the question back to you using using this grid of natural selection uh genetic phenotypic individual or group why do you think this process occurs why why would the female want to mate most most frequently with the alpha male to to reproduce stronger better quality that uh, keeps the offspring that keeps that group going yeah from generations to come so you've answered the question using that scale it's it's i it's, want the liberals to hear this <laughs> i think their heads exploded you the need, first hour no but you need this is this is important i mean but having pushback on it is important i like i like the pushback so it what gets, would be pushback on this i mean <laughs> People saying that we, we have, you know, we're not just animals, that we, we, we can yeah. wrestle our fates You're away misogynistic. from. Okay, let's just. Or, or well, sure. let's, <laughs> well, no, it could be this, but not just that. Let, let's open that up to you're misogynistic for believing that a woman has a role and a man, man has a role. Now, saying that they have a role is already seen as well, misogynistic. That, well, that's contradicting itself because a misogynist actually is. Woman hater. Yeah, is a woman hater. It's not somebody who says a woman. It's basically saying that a woman has her roles in order to take care of certain positions and is actually bringing up a woman instead of lowering a woman. Isn't but who it? are you to say it to a woman? Uh, I'm just giving you an no, example no, 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 of how, know, how know, this know, could know, be framed. I, I know. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, it's... it's that's, look, ident that's identity pro uh, politics, by the way. Of, I, like, of course. It, yeah, yeah, but see, the, the problem is, is the conversation what? between you and I as far as having this conversation... Sorry, uh, you and I can have this conversation normally, but with somebody who's completely blinded by uh, reality, you can't have that conversation with this person. You can have a conversation with anyone. I, I, I just if they're open to a conversation. I've had. I mean, you, you, you also have to be ready. You have to be ready to be attacked and attacked and be like, and and try not to get 
uh, you can't get heated. affected. Yeah, you can't get heated. Yeah, I mean, there, there's ways. Like for example, we could do it in real time. So Hector says comparing men to animals is retarded. So he's using uh, the word retarded, which doesn't mean stupid; it means slowed. So this 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 sentence doesn't make sense. But comparing men to animals, men and humans, we're all mammals. Are right? are animals? So Hector, if you would like to extrapolate uh, your statement here. While while we continue, yeah, let's uh, continue. No, because it's it is it is interesting. Six. Like because you'll you'll get attacked about any what was it? Judge not lest ye be judged. Anytime you make a statement, it's now in the open and people can attack you for it. No matter how harmless the statement is, like women are strong, yeah. But people people will take that and be like, well, men are stronger. For example, or they'll say things like, well, women don't have to. Why do women have to be strong for you? It's like not what I said. That's not, that's not what I said. Well, that's what society has become today. No, that's what that's my point. That and, no, and no matter they, what you say, you're you, you, you're gonna get attacked. And, over and what does it go back to again? It goes back to the labeling I mentioned. Like I'm telling you, man, it's I I I sound like a broken record saying it, but everything has become a label. It's you. The way you said it was exactly what society is today. Even with a compliment, the compliment can be questioned. Oh yeah, and taken completely out of context. Yeah, like like you mentioned. Women are strong. Well, why are they strong? Is that are you trying to are you trying to say something? It'll 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 skew the conversation into a completely different direction. My my bigger problem is when there's um when there's artificial artificial we'll call it slants. That's what I don't like. Meaning, I mean, I've seen a shirt that says "Men are trash." If you have a shirt that says "Women are trash," you'll be thrown out of the school. You'll be thrown out of society if you have a shirt that says women are trash. If you have a shirt that says men are trash, trash they'll be like, huh, it's so funny. There was an experiment done where, uh, oh, it was just fake, by the way, meaning it was it was artificial, where uh, a, a man was um, grabbing his wife. They're both Confederates, meaning like part of the, they're in on it. And he's like pushing her and grabbing her. He's like, I told you da, 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 in public. And people run mm, to protect that. her. Yeah, I've seen that. And then they switch it and the woman is hitting the guy. The guy's like, stop. Like, like I didn't mean that. And she's punching him and people are laughing. They're laughing at the guy. Past like nothing. Yeah. No, but a, 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 a very noticeable and completely unacceptable amount of people are, are laughing at this as if this is entertainment. And there's nothing that would convince me that they didn't know that, that they knew that this was a, like an experiment. They just thought that it was funny that a, a man was being punched by his, uh, his girlfriend. And the point of this is that it's, it's artificial. It's not actual, uh, equity or cause equity is everyone lands at the same place. That's, that's not equity. That's not the man gets beaten up. Well, that's, that's well, what, what we want. Technically it's supposed to be the man is supposed to be able to defend himself. Or be is supposed to be able to uh, withstand a woman's abuse, whether it's emotional or physical. Yeah, but that's technically that's, rid- that's ridiculous. No, Especially no, 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 no. Psychological I know. abuse. I like, know. No, technically. So the that's why when, part is that's something why, else. Yeah, that's why when people look at it, they go, "Oh, well, come on, man, be a man, stand up for yourself." Oh, cool, Hector. If you think we are all animals, then oh no. No, no don't worry, don't worry. We'll forget. If you think we are all animals, then why should we all not just be allowed to just kill each other without any reproductions? I think he meant repercussions. Repercussions or ram? Yeah, repercussions or ramifications. Definitely. Yeah. Well, Hector, I mean, that's a, that's a great question. I'm going to take that and say, why don't 
why don't monkeys in the same tribes kill each other? Why don't dolphins in the same tribes kill each other? Because they work together to survive. Correct. Yeah, and and that that part in the the, the neocortex, which is associated with sociality, is very big in animals with high sociality. So whales, dolphins, chimpanzees, bonobos, especially chimpanzees. There's a documentary. I think it's on Netflix. It's Chimp World, or yeah. Ch I, I forgot. I think it's called Chimp World, it's right? Over an hour, bro. Um, that is probably it. the most fascinating documentary uh, filmed and produced because it shows exactly what you mentioned. You have a, a group of chimps living in a community, right? Mm -hmm. They won't kill each other. Yes, there will be the alpha males trying to show, you know what, I'm, uh, I'm the leader of this pack mm -hmm. or this group or this community. And they all have political roles. Yeah. There's the leader, there's a leader's buddy who's always, you know, hanging around with him. And they show very like a second in command. Yeah. And they show very fascinating ways of playing politics, which is grooming, grooming one another. Oh, that's true. That's like diplomacy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for example, if I'm the alpha and one of them comes and grooms me, they speak politics to each other. And by speaking politics, it doesn't mean or signaling. Yeah. Signaling yeah. to each other. And the same species of chimpanzees living maybe two or three miles away in another part of the jungle, they can sense and smell the other group and their enemies. They'll kill each other for territory, territorial battles. Yeah. And it's, it's, when you look at it, you go, no wonder they say that the chimpanzee is the closest animal to the human being. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, yes, we are animals. We're just a smarter species of animals. Yeah. Have, more more advanced. Have we not do we not continue to kill each other for territory? Do we not continue to groom each other for political reasons? I mean it, it hasn't it's, it's not, instead not of much me, has changed. Instead we, of we've become a little more civilized. It's not so have much have we really? Well, look, before that was that was a great response. I mean, tribal leaders, kings, right, would be killed off by one of their soldiers more, even more to, to be replaced. We've just kind of uh now we go through election cycles and all this circus act, but before you would have to kill the guy on top to take over or the brother would kill the brother who's taken the throne because he thinks it belonged to him he was the one who was entitled to it and all that i mean i mean you go go back to the go back to the roman empire what happened to julius caesar he lived a long happy healthy life until he was stabbed stab, in the back stabbed free yeah <laughs> by until who he, by his Everyone. by his entire political and his buddy buddies so I mean, it it it's, yeah. Society has changed. We've evolved and become more emotional. But if you go back in time, listen, we weren't that far along from chimps, man. We people were killed, and um, no no uh, social media was out there to report it you to. Know, if anything, animals <laughs> have stayed the same longer than we have where we've advanced and that advancement I don't think has helped us as much as the Man, animals staying the just same. Just watch video. We'll go watch, I think it's called Planet. Just watch the migration cycle of from birds to fish to... Look at know, wolves, bro. Look at the way wolves travel. It's the crazy. The fact that some of these birds will fly literally not even halfway across the world. I mean, almost all the way across the world to get to an area 
some of these there's geese that fly above storks. the uh, look at the storks uh what's it called the highest mount what was it called uh, everest mount everest they fly above mount everest man some of these geese to wow. get to where they have to mate Bro, just just the fact <sighs> that just the fact the like one of the smartest mammals in the ocean and is basically the alpha of the ocean is the orca whale mm-hmm. which is known as the killer whale the orca whale is above any dolphin it, it, it's basically a giant dolphin that's what it is okay it's it's not even considered a, a whale. family so structure it's called an orca not yeah. an orca whale or yeah, it's, it's a family structure it's a, whatever it's, it's dolphin, an orca right? it's, a, it's a killer it's a, whale yeah, slash it's a, it's, orca. it's a it's a yeah. giant dolphin basically giant and they dolphin. it is that's what it is that's a giant dolphin I think but they the have family. they have yeah. the fa- they have the family kind of structure yeah. they have hunter hunter gatherer instinct and when they hunt they games. bro they have they fucking play games with their food as well, man. Well, you're talking. Are, are you talking about specifically the the thing where they work together to tip the? Yeah, the, yeah. There yeah. was this one. Uh, if you guys watched, uh, uh, Planet, isn't it amazing uh, when people think that like that animals don't have like that sentience that they oh, don't have no, that no, communication? No, 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 it's no, like no. in order to to come to that conclusion, you have to not know so much. Yeah. There's so much, even dogs. We we had Basenjis. I'm gonna come back to you, uh, which are barkless dogs. Whenever we yeah, said something to them, they always looked to each other first. They looked at each other's eyes and then, and then they moved Those towards are cool us. Cool as dogs. Is that the one with the twirly yeah, tail? Q tails. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. But but back to the but yeah the the orca whale. There was this one. I think it was on planet orca. Earth. I'm sorry, I keep saying orca whale. I I it's it's it's, it's like saying it's the a, uh, it's a you know the a, monkey lion. It's a it's not a lion. It's a habit. I want to yeah. see a monkey lion. But uh, <laughs> monkey lion. The monkey lion. It's a monkey. Okay, the orca. There was this, uh, it was on planet Earth. I remember they were hunting a, a sea lion. And they circled around, got him onto a smaller ice cap. And eventually uh, they would create waves and smash the ice to the point where the sea lion had nowhere to go. The wave threw it off. The basically. wave threw yeah. it off. But it wasn't one wave. Oh, because it it's one, and then you get it again. Yeah. You get it again. So that that requires one collaboration, two hypothetical thinking, three like an under an understanding that that's the thing you eat, even though you can't exactly see it in that particular moment. Yeah. It requires such an advanced arsenal of things simultaneously. Yeah, and it's it's just it's just fascinating the way you see an animal inside the ocean with other. Orcas, I'm not going to say orca whale, but their orcas work so beautifully together to hunt. And that's just one example. And that's and just the, one example. And they might not be the smartest. I mean, octopi, for example, absurdly intelligent, yeah. ridiculously intelligent. Like octopi have tricked the the people working at the aquarium. Really? It, it, it memorized oh, yeah, the security yeah. when the security would come out. And that's when it would go through the-, the Are you serious? Yeah, and then kill, about and then the wolves? Yeah, the alpha and all that's, yeah. Pretty crazy. Well, the other day I was watching. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was That's a, crazy. I think I sent it to you guys. Remember, it was so. three world wolves that were trying to take down a huge ass buffalo in the snow. One of the wolves basically kind of Took uh, one for the team. takes one for the team. Yeah. The buffalo, I mean, for two hours annihilates this wolf, almost kills it. Just stomping it and hitting it with its horns and everything else. And then it's tired. Where's this buffalo out to the point where the wolf is just bloodied out? And then he's going to die, obviously. And the other two come in. Eat. 
take it, eat them. You know, well, they don't eat them. They, they take them down and they kill it for the for their pride. So yeah. that's yeah. that's so. Which one is for that? The pack. Pride is lines. Oh yeah, pack. Yes. So that's yeah. what do we call that though? Teamwork. No, no. <laughs> that's right. And the no, survival right. of the fittest as well. No, no, no. So in the grid, that's that's it's toxic like, masculinity. Uh, <laughs> that's natural selection yeah. for the group, the group scale. That's group scale. Uh, Sam had a question. So in a matriarchy society, would a woman be the alpha? Yeah. Yes. Well, hyena is our matriarchy. Yeah. So our so our uh, ants. Ants so are matriarchy. Of course, queens and bees and bees. Seahorses. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. So they, they would. They would be the transgender, alpha. technically. <laughs> the only part yeah. of nature that is. I think they're more than transgender. I think they get yeah. sex. I think they're 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 like non-binary. <laughs> they can just reproduce on their own. Yeah. It also depends on what you mean by alpha. I mean, alpha. Alpha. Often people think of alpha as like the strongest and the the most brutish, but alpha is the one that's supposed to be the most. Um, the one that's almost the. You could see it as what is apparent in that particular. What is a parent, not a parent, but a parent in that species, the one that embodies those qualities the most is the alpha. That's a better definition than the one that's most brutish. Influential. Because then then you can yeah. apply it. It's it's a more malleable definition yeah. that fits the different. Because uh, the alpha in the wolf pack is different. Because the they have the soldiers, the, yeah. right? The soldiers are the fighters, stronger. The alpha is the one that assigns and kind of, they're all in the back of the pack making sure everybody's doing their job. So alpha is not necessarily the one that's in the front lines. It's yeah. the soldiers are the one fighting in, in case of a wolf pack. Have you guys seen the video of the, the Buffalo uh, uh, rescuing from the lion attack? And there's a crocodile as well. Have oh, you seen that video? Stuck between the lion. So. There's, yeah. a, there's the a crocodile, crocodile and a lion eating a, a, the buffalo baby buffalo and yes yeah, so either go in the water and get eaten by the so alligator the first thing that happens is they all try and scurry and then they recognize that their young is still there and what do they do they form what looks like a spartan formation and they get in line this one goes here but blocks here this one goes here blocks there and they slowly uh enclose and and narrow and narrow and then one a very very big one comes and charges the lion and kind of misses uh, and then, uh, by the time it runs back, the next one runs and eventually they, they're, they're hitting the line. The line doesn't know what to do because now there's like 60 Buffalo aiming at it. You, you can't possibly believe there isn't some sort of incredible orchestration, call it intelligence, call it whatever communication it's, but, but communication needs intelligence if it's going to be efficient and like, it's so cool to see animals do this. It reminds you that we're not the only ones capable of tools. Many animals have tools. Yeah. Many oh, animals dude. make tools. And to see it happen, um, what was it? Uh, crow. Crows. For Crows are extremely oh, smart brilliant. animals. They, can't, really, they take a stone and just break a freaking egg and yeah. eat it, bro. Like, or that there's a, a berries stuck in a tube. It looks. It finds a stick knows that that stick will fit inside of the, the diameter of the tube and push it through so the, the oh, yeah. berries fall on the other yeah. side. They have Coast, Without bro. being taught Crazy. it, by the way. It's not like a... Because some people could say, if you do this, then you're encoding, you're almost... Manipulating is too easy. Manipulating is not the right word because manipulating doesn't mean that you'd have sentience. It's like you're pre-programming it to want this. You're making it its instinct. Not instinct. No. If there's just a stick there, berries, that's that's 
That's oh, creativity. Smart they have the brain capacity of a seven-year-old. Really? A crow. Yeah, a crow. Really interesting, yeah. man. Oh, they're, they're super, very super smart. smart. And, and, and remember how when we were kids, everybody was like, oh, crows live 300 years. They don't live 300 years. They <laughs> no, live they like don't. 30, 40 years max. And all animals, whether you're a human being, gorilla, crow, they all understand repercussions as well. Well, yeah, I mean that that should be encoded in, in all species all, all because fight, then they would they survive. All have the, they all have the fight or flight everywhere. instinct. That, that's why when Hector was saying, you know, comparing us to animals, uh, it's very, very. We, at the end of the day, that's what we are, man. What I want fight or flight is one of the most interesting things too. Oh, yeah, I, I wish more people knew about what exactly happens to a human being when we're in that fight or flight. They don't call it fight or flight anymore. It's fight or flight or freeze. By the way. Fight or fight or freeze. So you, too. if yeah. you're a liberal, you freeze. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Freeze! I want to pause this game. <laughs> Where is the safe space? Where's my safe? Where's my crying room? Before we get to that, I want have a question for all three of you. Yes. Ooh, Since we're talking about animals, and by the way, Animal Planet. I grew up watching it since I was a little kid. Planet Earth, baby. I mean, well, the, back then it was National Geographic, <laughs> Animal Planet. National Geographic. Uh, there was no Planet Earth. They didn't have that. We didn't have 4K, this and that. Yeah, I watched a snake eat a bird on that channel, and like, I couldn't watch it for like a month straight. Because <laughs> I, I watched, like an idiot, I watched the entire <laughs> thing. The bird trying to flutter <laughs> yeah. away, realizing it's Dude, dead. Like The worst is the Komodo dragons. Oh, the ones that have like the, the venom. Because yeah. the venom has to It'll take just, a It literally will yeah. we'll just eat a deer like it's nothing. Like yeah. it's just a piece of sushi or something. But okay. my question to you guys now is. I'm hungry. <laughs> and uh, we can. Well, we're heal, we will heal your, hear your answer. Heal, heal me. Heal your answer. <laughs> hear your answer. We'll start with Edgar and then go around. If Why do I get picked on first all the time? <laughs> go ahead. You're the special one here. I know. Uh, like, because I always think about this. <laughs> <laughs> if if you could be, like, if you reincarnate and come back as an eagle. animal. Eagle. Yeah. Which one? Eagle. You didn't even let him finish. What if he said you I, could reincarnate and come back as an animal that would die in the hands of a lion? Nah, which animal would it be? Eagle. <laughs> Just, oh. Eagle? Yeah. To be what able to fly, and, to and, have and guys, ladies, gentlemen, you guys can also answer in the yeah. comments. And you section. can't come back as a human being. Oh no, you just come. What animal would you be if you could pick to be one animal? My, you my, don't have to think to reincarnation or any of that. My, yeah. Minus human being, basically. Bro, if you, yes. you're dead now, you're coming back as an animal. What well, animal? You would, would after all, you would still pick you. Still pick. I'm human. coming back as a oh, uh, real estate agent. <laughs> of course you would. Yeah. Why wouldn't you come back as a human being? But at least not a real estate agent, bro. I'm just, I'm, look, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, kind of. maybe a different city. Uh, possibly. No, Gelendil 912207. <laughs> no, okay. okay. Yeah, outside of a human, outside of a human, I, I would probably pick either a chimp or a gorilla. He's staying in the species, well, all, bro. Okay, why did you pick eagle? The vision, number one, to be able to fly is like a fucking dream, bro. To have the vision that eagles have and the. Speed and agility to fly, it's fucking phenomenal. You know what bro. the fastest bird is? Have you seen those falcons? Oh, you can't. Your eyes African. can't see it. 230. Swallow. Well, it's ridiculous. Joe, Joe, put up a put up a uh, a question or a poll or something as far as uh, what people would come back as if they were to come back as a different species. Joe, put that up. But uh, yeah, I, Ed's eagle. 
I'm gorilla or. Or would you come back as a gorilla or a chimp? It's just, I, I think it's just the fascination be watching those documentaries and seeing how close to the human species they are and the fact that I can't come back so as a human. So you still want to come back as a human? Yeah. yeah. Bro, this guy yeah, is so attached to being a human. <laughs> well, what do you want me to say? You want me to come back as a fucking or orca? <laughs> Well, no, come back as a badger. They're pretty strong animals. <laughs> they are. Be a monkey lion. <laughs> be a monkey lion. Whatever that is. A uh, howler <laughs> monkey. <laughs> Poor thing is like, who created me? Uh, Work away. Come back as a sloth. <laughs> See, that's an animal I've always questioned. Why uh, do they exist? A sloth? Yeah. Just imagine you, you want a nightmare. Watch a video of a sloth and put it in like eight times speed. It's the scariest thing. Imagine, <laughs> imagine a sloth. Go fast. look at a hairless sloth. It's imagine how terrifying that is. Really? Hair, like, Google, Google hairless sloth. It's the most terrifying thing that you've ever seen. That would be fucking scary. Insanely scary. Have you, or a, have you ever seen a hairless sloth? It's terrifying, bro. No, this sounds... This sounds like a, something dirty. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a rabbit. Scary. That one is a rabbit. The one... the That guy. The pink one is a rabbit. Okay. No, that's a baby no, no, sloth. That's a baby sloth. Oh my god, that's a baby it's sloth. Like onion color or a hairless bear. Go look at a hairless. That bear. I've seen. That was that's freaking terrifying too. It's like one third the size and ten times oh scarier. Oh fuck, it's like yeah. enormous. It looks like Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> look at that. Tell me that doesn't look like Nancy Pelosi. We're gonna share the screen so you guys can see. Nancy Pelosi. Look at that. Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> wow. Especially that one right there. <laughs> that looks like Adam Schiff a little bit, though. No, no, no. It's like, oh, that's his aunt. That's why. Kamala Harris. <laughs> Kamala it's, it, it is. It is why. Or Kamala. How, sorry. How dare me? You would never Ophelia think. says dog. Oh, that, that's a good choice right there. Yeah. Uh, Dogs are amazing animals, man. Levick said wolf. These are these are all good oh, answers. What about right? you? How about you? Here's I think, I, I think I would probably be something, um, probably something like maybe a, a either a, a blue whale or um, something like a, a, a Greenland shark, like the a Greenland shark. Yeah, oh, it looks like a whale. <laughs> oh, is it? It's not the whale shark. No, no, it is. It's a shark. Oh. <laughs> it's a the Greenland shark is obviously uh in like much much colder temperatures it can can dive very low it's it's an apex predator um i just i feel like because and this is obviously as a human this is where my mind goes you know we've we've explored much of the air i i want to uh, and very little of the ocean mm -hmm. it would be nice to dive very very deep into the ocean to have the capacity to see and to hear and, and even smell like this universe that Sam, i just don't have access to are you trying to go find those people that went into the, <laughs> the abyss no we know where they the are titanic submarine titanic submarine wait can you pull up a greenland shark that, cool. <laughs> that was that was good are we looking at a, a, a greenland, greenland shark yeah. greenland shark yeah damn that looks prehistoric yeah. but the deepest Divers, isn't it like an octopus or the or the sperm whale? Well, no, there's things on the ocean bottom, like for example, the anglerfish. That's actually a, one of the scariest things I've ever seen. Oh, is that the one fish? with the tank with the kind yeah. of light bulb above its head? Yeah, yeah. 
Light bulb. <laughs> no, he's not wrong though. Flash it's a, it's a the G. Yeah. Or angler. I thought it was angler. Yeah. Angler. Like all the images. Look how terrible. Which politician are you going to call that? That uh, one? That's, no, that's more from, like that's him finding. That's him finding Nemo. No, that's thing, bro. That's not the right one. Uh, no, who's who's the guy that got uh, who's a who's a politician recently that just got stumped that was just like staring at space? Oh, Mitch McConnell. Yeah, it's Mitch McConnell. No, Look at he's him. a turtle. <laughs> Wait, Look! Go to, can you go to images? It's Mitch McConnell. Go that okay, go. To, that's Mitch McConnell, bro. And then can you type in like uh, size? I guess. How big is it? Oh fuck! Yeah. Look at that woman. Bro, next that is to that it, is terrible. That's how big oh, it is. Shit! Not wild. Oh man! That's how big it. Oh, look! You gotta share this, bro. He was. It was already shared. No, no, no. Okay, there we go. Oh, I had no idea. I mean, just look at their teeth. Is that not the scariest? Okay, guys. Thing in the world? If, okay, for okay for those of you who are watching this right now, that's that. I had no idea. That's how big that fish was. I I legit thought it was probably the size of I, I don't know maybe <laughs> like a ball. your hand. No, not not even probably. Yeah, like would, literally, probably the size of like a basketball or something. My my second choice might be a, a hammerhead shark because I've already been cross-eyed once. <laughs> you guys see what Vic said? Look at what Vic said. It would be interesting. Vic said I'd come back as Armand Opar's lapdog. What breed though? Would you be a Maltese or Vic? What breed? Ninette says horse or spotted hyena. <laughs> After I found out hyenas actually eat from the ass in, I felt like I'd never want to be a hyena. Oh, jeez. It's like it's not finding Nemo. I get it's not finding Nemo, but bro, look at the size of you, that. You, thing, get, you get what I mean, though? Like to be able to explore the ocean and just to yeah. see like what, what else is like even the coral reefs, the ones that we can see are so fucking cool. Well, bro. how much of the ocean have we actually 7%, discovered? 7%, bro. Very so, little. Yeah. See? Very little. We know Compared. more about space than you know. Than we do about our no, own. Ocean. We perceive more about oh, space. Yeah, than I don't know we, about that. Yeah, we probably we well, know very. I mean, we know about like blazars and things like that, but I don't. We haven't explored. I don't know, that, man. All I could say is, as far as the moon landing is concerned, when when we look up at the moon, what do we do? We're always looking up, right? Every majority of the photos you see of is this to be a flat Earth thing. No, no, no. It's not a flat Earth thing. I'm waiting what, for the punch. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> is Majority okay when when you're on planet Earth right and you want to look when at the moon I'm there. and what do you do you look up right yeah you look up you see the moon majority of the photos you see of planet Earth from the moon the the Earth is in the at the horizon why why is it that it's always just flat and then all of a sudden Earth is right there why aren't there any mountains or craters or anything like that why is it that the moon is always soft no craters no mountains and then the Earth is always in the horizon. Every majority of like ninety percent of the photos, it's never up. You guys know what I mean? No. Nope. Fucking no pull up, pull up, pull up a photo of. There's, uh, there's no photos. There's not many photos from the moon. There's photos near the moon. Watch Google. No, 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 no. Google, Google Earth from the moon. Space station. Google Earth from the moon. This is me being Eddie Bravo right now, literally. Seriously, I don't know what the hell Earth you're from about the moon. Though. Watch. See, why is it always, why are the photos always in the horizon? Why are they never? Which one do you want me to click on? Every single photo is that. <clears throat> I'm not sure what you Go, mean, click, click, I'm click looking that. right at no, no, don't, don't, You didn't have to do that. You could just click the thing, share screen. So, so look, look, what, look what I mean. So we basically Googled Earth, uh, Earth from the moon, right? Every single photo of the Earth is at the horizon. 
it's ba- it's not up. When you're looking at the moon, when you, when like we go outside and oh, we that's what you mean. Okay, now it makes sense. So you're saying when we're on Earth, we look up to see the moon. Yes. Why wouldn't they look? The, up? Why wouldn't they look down to see? No, the moon? not down. Look up. Well, looking down, you'd be looking at your feet. <laughs> <laughs> wait. Wait, wait, wait. In other words, why wait. is why are they looking basically straight why, instead of any other possible direction? Like we we look at the moon in any sort of direction. Yeah, we obviously can't again look down because there's a planet in the way. Unless and and if flat. you and you if you look at majority of pictures of if you if you Google pictures of the moon from Earth, you'll never see anything obstructing it. It's just the moon. Why is that? Again, maybe I'm I'm overanalyzing it. I'm overthinking it. You know, I, and there's never anything obstructing it. It's always just, it's just, it's, it's the, it's the abyss. It's its good side. When all the time, if you talk no, I, to, I, I, I honestly don't know. I have if, no idea. If you speak to certain um, functional medicine doctors, who the way they check your body, your organism is through muscle testing, which means they're feeling the energy from your body, and they could do it remotely. It doesn't have to be in person. All they need is, for example, you can be on a phone call with them and they could have their assistant laying na- next to them. And by examining the assistant, they can tell what's going on in, in your body. When you speak to some of these guys, based on the energy they feel from the human body that connects to earth and nature and all that, a lot of them say, based on what we feel, what what they feel, we not mm-hmm. uh, those guys feel based on... The muscle testing is that Earth is flat. That's what the energy says. Well, let me ask you guys a question since you asked the whole animal thing. And we could start from here and then make our way this way. I'm first again. Do you believe that we can leave our atmosphere? No. I'm not the smartest guy, though. No. And, uh, yeah, I don't don't know if we ever have. No. Do I think we can? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I do. I think we can definitely leave our atmosphere. 100%. 100%. I mean, as like a human, yeah. without any sort of technology, no, I think we would we would die. Because uh, of the radiation. Well, uh, yeah, because of radiation, because of the lack of, because space is a vacuum and the air would be ripped out of your lungs and you would freeze and then burn uh, pretty much at the same time. I mean, you, you look at... And the radiation, of yeah. course. Going going back to, I think it was in the 80s, where Chernobyl took place, right? The, the nuclear... Uh, Yep. The reactor that blew up. That documentary was amazing, by the way. Yeah. So that factory, that the, the, the nuclear factory that blew up in Chernobyl, the people that were affected by it and the, the amount of radiation that took place in that, in that kind of small vicinity turned humans into goo, basically. Like, the, like they turned them into mush. And this is from a, a very small nuclear plant. Imagine going up into space and not having the radiation protection that you need and leaving the atmosphere. What protection? I mean, how do you protect it? You can't. I I don't think we have, I don't think we can. That's even, even if we're, I don't know what the radiation is in space, but the moon itself is, I mean, the radiation would, like you said, it would melt you. No, no, space suit nothing would protect you that's why to me the whole moon landing there is was also- there were and, and not only that there if you watch the chernobyl documentary when they sent three individual men into the factory into the uh, nuclear factory 
to turn on or drain out uh, a water supply that they didn't want to enter the core. The men that went into the factory um, had flashlights with them. The radiation was so high that the flashlights would shut off. You're telling me that out in space, we were able to capture photos and all this stuff with all that radiation going on. Well, there's different there's different levels of radiation. There's different types of radiation. Again, too. I'm talking I'm talking about during the moon landing. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm that, not aware of what what type of radiation yeah. and and what magnitude of radiation and and what the equipment yeah. And is. I'm not either. I'm not either. This is, these are all just questions in my in my brain. Can I give ask, put my little asking, two cents into this? And it goes back, and, and you'll get you'll get your two cents. Into and it goes back to what Mike Ballion, who was a guest on our podcast, said as well. You're telling me that paper mache piece of shit flew to the moon. And came back. Oh yeah, I, w- I would say so. Yeah, the 100%. rover, the rover, the and I so say the, so for a few reasons. I mean, because we had the the biggest, biggest, m- most powerful machine in like history pushing forward, which is the American military. At, but at what time in American and world history? But it, again, this was the incentive was to avoid mutually assured destruction against the Soviet Union, to avoid, to, to essentially win the, the, the space cold wars. war that, yeah, the space race, whatever the million names for it. But the, the, it was, it was America's basically, uh, it was their, their method of flexing because we lost what the, the Soviets sent the first, what dog to space. They, they had already won so many of these space races so that we, I think, urgently directed all our funding, and then we just never did that again. How, we never how had. Come the nobody has ever done it since. Because the what happened military, to the technology? Do still have the technology? I mean, your calculator, your phone, your phone has much more uh, uh, computing. So you're telling processing. me what our government was able to do 50 years ago? Because I can't do today. Because our government, the way the way I would uh, argue this is, we don't have we don't have the same reason to. We don't have the the need to. It really? was. With war, yeah, of course, it's war. It's, it's wait, nations wait, wait, facing war? each other. What? <clears throat> Go, landing on the moon. What does that have to do with the war? First of all, anytime our people are used against one another with the Russians. Go. Let's go back in time. World War One. Did the Americans and the Russians fight against each other or next to one another? In World War One, yes, next to one another. World War Two. Were we next to each other the entire time? 100% of the time. Okay. World War II, same thing. Russians and the Americans fought on the same side, all right? Against same. one enemy. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter. We've always been led to believe that the Americans and the Russians are enemies. Ultimately, both populations are extremely, extremely alike, yet they're used against one another as perceived enemies well we see that i mean that's that's a story of warfare now warfare is what happens but now it's visible because for far too many years our population in america has been somehow trained to hate the russians without knowing the russians somehow i mean in everything from rocky four three hollywood hollywood nasa everything all of that has been used to create a narrative and the same thing with the Russians. They do the same thing with their population. I'm sure India and Pakistan do the same thing to each other too. It's more religious based it's, there. It's, it's, it's a different story. With the superpowers of the Russians and the U.S., other, 
with the superpowers of the Russians and the U.S., both governments have the same fear that if the populations of these two countries understand how similar they are to one another, they can't play these humans anymore. What do you mean by similar, though? That's another. Like, what do you mean? Similar by in uh, in their character, similar in, in looks. True, right? I mean, I, very I, similar. Americans and Russians. Yeah. No, no, no. Blonde. The southern person and the Russians look alike. All right, bro. Let's be let's be honest. About well, I mean, it. America they're both Europeans a, in a sense, bro. I, I they're both I, I, Europeans. I'm not sure what you. So there's a lot of things I'm. I'm, I'm not Their really personalities are alike, bro. I've lived with the Russians. I've yeah. lived with the Americans, and they're very similar. Very similar. Yeah, but they in said, all aspects. But they said the same thing but about the people says, are being Edgar, used. the guy looking at you like you're crazy. No, I'm just trying to understand. Oh, everyone looks at me like you're crazy. It's not, <laughs> just to Ed, it's not you, the first time, my friend. Yeah, Ed, but you could say the same thing. You could. They were saying the same thing about. And you got people agreeing with you, Ed. Yeah, uh, it's normal. You, uh, they were saying the same thing about uh, Al Qaeda and Americans as well. They're saying the who created Al Qaeda. Well, America did obviously, but they were saying that the rednecks in oh, America the are the is equivalent to the, to Al Qaeda, basically. Say, say it again, sorry. They were saying, a lot of people were saying the rednecks in America are equivalent to what Al-Qaeda is. What they, the fuck? Yeah, they were saying that the rednecks in America were basically, you know, kill, kill them, kill them Arabs, uh, kill them Muslims, America. And then what was Al-Qaeda? That's to America. That's to America. That is, is the same people, basically. I mean, off of that that trait and see, and, I mean, the way that, I is, that, is it, that where you're going with no, this? No, no, as no, far no, as no, like, no, no. I'm saying that both ends the governments to keep their people controlled must uh show one another that the their enemies which in reality they're not i feel that the russian government throughout these times and the american governments have always been working together till today yet the populations are uh, somehow taught to be enemies to one another. Even with everything going on in Ukraine? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's an interesting that's an interesting theory. I don't that's agree with that. That's my theory. I'm not saying it's right or no. No, no. It's my theory. I mean, it would explain a lot of uh, money laundering. 100%. It would explain that very neatly. Extremely neatly. Yes. Not that we need to agree on it. No, no, no. I'm not here to try to agree because on Because we need a Dennis Rodman to fix things. Yeah, just like he went to North Korea. North Korea. Yeah, right. Chilling. <laughs> he met... Rocket Man. Oh, that, was, um, that was such a reality warping geez. moment that he was yeah, there. Just like, of all people, like fucking crossing over. Like, who's weirder? Like, not weirder. Who's more um, unexpected? Like Charlie Sheen. Like, try and get what's a little bit further than Dennis Rodman? Like, Charlie Sheen. Who else yeah. would be a little further? Charlie Sheen. At, at, this, at this point, yeah. Charlie Sheen Charlie went on Sheen, a tangent yeah. as well, man. He was going crazy as well. Going what? But then he got. No, help. I'm saying who would cocaine? be who would be a stranger? Yeah, not just cocaine. Stranger than Kanye, Kanye stranger? bro. Right now it's Kanye. Kanye would be an interesting one to send to yeah. as right, like a diplomat. Right, right now it's Kanye. Kanye could fix a lot. Uh, okay, maybe I, I have would a bias to James. Kanye no, would do. I, I think you'd Ka- fucking failed. The guy barely graduated high school. He's Don't still, forget, he's Kanye still reading. Smart man. Give, give him your book. Give LeBron your book. He'll be on page. He'll be one. on page one for the next five years. I'm, I'm still trying to think of who would be weirder. Weirder who would be huh? weirder than Dennis Rodman. Oh, Kanye, bro. Yeah, At this point, in, 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 in today, full in, circle, it's in, Kanye. Yeah. As far as 2024, yeah, so. it would be Kanye. 
And but he's fucking. I mean, maybe I'm biased, but bro, we, I'm a big fan. Can we send Andrew Tate? Maybe. No. Mm, yeah, no, no, he's, he's not too a, much. He's too uh, toxic masculinity. He's too stable. <laughs> Chuck Schumer. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, fucking world. That would be you want to start World War Three? What's going on? I just trying to think. What would be a stranger person than Dennis Rodman or Charlie Sheen? The View. The, the whole view. view. The whole view. Then Joe Behar and I hope they never come back. <laughs> they won't. They're, they're, we'll never hear from them again. What either would either of you guys? Go on the uh, first shipment to Mars? No. I'm cool. No? Nah. Maybe if I was like 90. Yeah. What if they said, you know, Elon says, look, 100 million bucks to your family. They're taken care of. You don't have to. Ever. Today or when I'm 90? Today. Nah. Family's taken care nah. of. Nah. No. No. Uh-uh. You're not going to uh-uh. Mars. Nah. If. Okay, what do we do with the 100 million? I, mean, I would do it. I would do it. <laughs> not if, you. Your family gets it. I would do it if. There was some sort of way that I could get a guarantee that Armenia would be restored at least to its 2019 state and um, like guarantee that it would be like that permanently, then yeah. No, and then they would just do whatever they did to it again. And- yeah. Yeah. Oh, I said permanently. You but said like, permanently. Yeah. There's no the, such thing. But yeah, but this, yeah, we're, we're, this is such a hypothetical. In my How many mind. times have you been back? To Armenia? Yeah. 23 or 24 23 or 24 times wow, wow. That's, yeah. that's and long. reason like projects and oh yeah uh well mostly volunteering and all this? yeah mostly through volunteering mostly through co-op right. what kind of programs uh education programs so uh, i launched the education program called project bloom in armenia in 28 2018 i think um, and it was basically so co-op, the Children of Armenia Fund, as the English Access Program, which is a micro scholarship. Very fast transition, by the way, you guys do. Of uh, course, we're, we're good at this. We were in space a few minutes ago with Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Just saying. Ed's meds, Ed's meds just kicked in. See so. <laughs> <laughs> that rhymes, Ed's meds. <laughs> Ed's meds. <laughs> Joe. We're in business, baby. That's my fault. That's my fault. We Joe, side-checked. Buy the website. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, GoDaddy has the domain. Let's get that. Com. Joe, get that real quick. By, by the way, before you get into That's that, a good I want to as well. This, the poll. So uh, we had a poll. Do you think the world is flat? 66% no, said no. 25% said yes. And 8% said, I don't know. Interesting. Back to back to yeah, planner, back to planner, uh, regular back to programming. Ed's meds. Uh, brought <laughs> to you by get that, don't <laughs> yeah, yeah, so Samuel Arman, Samuel Blue, Adams. Through through uh, through co-op, the Children of Armenia Fund, um, and um, you guys all know co-op. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, so um, yeah, we have a English access program, which is a, a micro scholarship that was made with the U.S. Embassy, and the whole the whole idea is that you. Um, the students have two years of uh, English literacy through speaking and listening. And like, that's how you learn. That's how you don't learn a language, you acquire a language, you, you get immersed in it. So if all these fun projects and all these things, and I wanted to add something as like a, a writing aspect to it and something that de-Sovietizes their thinking. So a lot of the kids, they don't get to be creative. They don't get to like deviate from the norm. They don't get to collaborate in a way that's really meaningful. So I wrote a program, uh, it was originally 21 lessons, now it's 28 lessons, that fosters that creativity. 
And I did that for, uh, I think four years, the pandemic, you know, cut it in half, but, uh, the whole idea was that they would write a story eventually after developing the skills on how to write a story, they would write a story about their own lives and be able to discuss something in their lives. And the stories are beautiful. They're, they're amazing. The kids, I, what city were you in? Uh, so uh, Project Bloom, the first time we were in a village called Hatsik. Hatsik. Little oh. Bread, which sounds like a rapper. <laughs> uh, then um, we were in Aragatsavan, which is in the Aragatsotan region. We went to, um, and then the rest were in Lodi, in the Smart Center, the Co-op uh, Smart Center. Twenty. You said how many times have you been to Armenia? Uh, 23, 23 or 24. 24 times you've been to Armenia and when you get there, I know you. I know you're not uh, comfortable speaking Armenian, but communication-wise, did you? I There's mean, no problem. A lot of people speaking. No, no. As far as did you ever think that you know what? Let me get out of my comfort zone and kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, try, I speak you so try much better over there. I speak so much better when I'm there, yeah. and then I come back. Two months, two weeks later, it's yeah. gone. Right? Oh, yeah. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would be it would be nice to you know have. You know, I, it's not like I don't want to learn it. I, I very much want to relearn Armenian. It's just, you know, it's... It's your environment, too. I mean, New York, it's less likely to use there. Yeah, everyone in New York speaks Armenian. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely the environment. And uh, if you come out to Glendale, maybe it'll help out. Yeah. Speaking of that, when are you coming back? Because, um, oh, look, we've, we're, it's, it's, uh, we've been on for how many hours now? Two and a half, three hours. Three and oh, half, man, three and a half, half hours with you. Is that, is that a longer than... It's, well, yours are usually like two and a half, right? It, it runs, it, depending on depends. who the guest is. Who the guest is. Mood. No, it depends on it depends who the guest is. If Arno is, has guests and it's two and a half hours, if Arno doesn't have guests, it goes on. But uh, Should I'm, I stop talking? No, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just curious when you're, when you're coming back because obviously there's a lot of... Dude, we, could, we can talk about multiple, multiple topics with you. We haven't even touched on addiction and stuff like that. No, yeah, we hence, didn't get a chance to. Hence, yeah. the re- hence the reason why. Well, how often do you come back to LA? I'm in LA probably twice a year. When's wow. the next time you're going to be back? Um, I don't know why people assume everybody has to come back to LA or come to LA. Because LA is dope. How many times have you been to New York? Fucking never. How many times? Oh. Have been there. See, and somehow we LA people think Everyone should be coming here. You've been to LA, right? No, I've never been to LA. Really? You haven't been to LA? No, have you been to Montana? No. So why would I be in LA? I mean, we we, we assume people are constantly. We're assuming. The the show is is hosted here. So that's what I'm asking. Well, there's epicenters. There's epicenters in the United States. Right. Oh, just your New York accent. I'm not referring to the show. I'm talking about generally speaking. Do you want to pack it up and take it to New York? How's the Wi Fi there? Sorry. The rats ate the wires. Well, you guys will get to see New York. I That's don't mind going back to New York. The rats are crazy, though. They're as so long crazy. as it's not in the summertime. I heard it smells terrible in It smells terrible year, year round. Really? <laughs> Even, I heard in the wintertime, it kind of, it, it, uh, yeah, the it cold kind of cuts the smell. I mean, frozen garbage versus like fumingly hot garbage. I guess I would choose the frozen yeah. garbage. Yeah, it's more refreshing. <laughs> like my brother-in-law told me, he's like, it just smells like piss everywhere. Uh, not, not everywhere, everywhere, but well, I mean, you know what be- I mean. In between the buildings, yes, but not not in the buildings. Yeah. Well, no, not yet. Not, not no. Well, no, not, not even. Yet. Not even. I mean, some of the you know, larger, wider streets, you don't smell it. Yeah, because it's larger and wider. Okay, in all, in all sincerity, New York, New York is dirty though. 
Like it, it doesn't it doesn't smell like piss. Like compared There's, to California, it's dirty, to where dirty. I mean, I've I, I'm, it was really sad. Every literally every bridge we passed under, just homeless Here? encampments. Yeah, in Los Angeles, yeah. in New York now because of Eric Adams, who's an absolute douche. Um, I don't know about this Samuel guy. His giving off atheist vibes. I read autistic vibes. I was autistic like, I was like all right. <laughs> atheistic vibes. No, I don't think yeah. he's an atheist. I pray every night. He's not an atheist. That's for sure. Just conversating. We never spoke about to the religion. Pagan, to the pagan but gods. No. We never spoke religion, but just having a conversation, you could tell someone's not an atheist, dude. I don't know. If you jumped over a fire about a couple of days ago, you should question your Christianity. Yes, well. you should. You are question. not the father. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you jumped over fire a couple of days ago, you should question your Christianity. Yes. I'm was there saying. was there a pagan holiday? Yeah, of course is, there was. It's a pagan holiday. It's called Terendes. They Tell jump over it. fire. They jump over fire to uh, relieve all sins and hate. and. I think it's like a newlyweds and new, whoever has new... Born, yeah. newborn. They, yeah. I don't know. They someone tried to do that to us. Like someone came circumcised. All that. How old were you again? Circumcised by fire. <laughs> Damn. Like, this is heading in the wrong. Direction. It wasn't by a rabbi. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> this is going in the wrong <laughs> direction, uh, boys. Not my plumber. And I'm, I'm always confused. Which which sound effects have you now pressed? I, we, we haven't used all. these. You want to just you want to go for? I want to do one, but don't do, I don't, I don't, don't do don't do just red. Don't do the, the rest. Red. You could try. So can I do the? Have you pressed the purple one? No, we have. Uh, not today. Not today. Well, not today. Yeah, go ahead. You can okay. use it. You can use it. All right. I want to just see. Go for it, man. Oh, that was a good choice. That's cute. Yeah. That was a good that's, choice. That's fruity. That's the eighties sound. And that's not. <laughs> that's, yeah, I didn't know that's, the, that's basically that's someone the, like fluttering into a room. That's the coming out of closet. <laughs> that's yeah. Uh, He's like <laughs> entrance music. Because, if he was an MMA fighter, yeah. Because <laughs> that's fruity. Listen to this. <laughs> it's just so you much. Hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> that was, coming to you, UFC champion Edgar Ismailian. <laughs> Oh, jeez. And then when he enters the ring. <laughs> oh, these Another are great. loss for our champion. <laughs> <laughs> Not our champion. The champ. Oh, the champ. Geez. And then this is what happens after the game. After the match. Oh. That's right. That's, that's, All right. Let's go. All right. That was great. Um, <laughs> where were we? Anyways. Uh I wonder what we're wonder, talking about New York. I just want to know. I want to know what what does it mean to give atheistic vibes? What does that mean? Uh, does it like being ungrateful, or is it being scientific? Does that mean you can't? Because I think if you're if you're a scientific, I think you're gonna like marvel at everything. And I think for some people, you realize, especially in psychology, you would think that like you need something to give you meaning. And I mean, especially so, me. so you I mean, studied I, I psychology, but you teach English. Yeah. Get it? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, this is what I research. So, I mean, I I plan on eventually being a professor of psychology and continuing teaching English. Like that uh, that is the goal. Specifically, I want to do developmental psychology and train teachers to become teachers, train future teachers to become teachers, which I've already done. Don't in- you think being an English teacher is a much 
better for your health than being in psychology? I mean, this is why I'm saying this. All right, maybe I shouldn't, but well, majority of psychology people. We'll end on this now. Psychology know. people. Majority of people I know. We're called psychologists. Okay. Psychologists. <laughs> majority yeah. of people. English in this, AP right here. Okay, majority <laughs> psychologists. In my opinion. They call us listen, psychopaths. Wait, wait, wait. They're not psychopaths. I love no, you. Listening to someone's problems eight hours a day. That's fucking hard to so do. You're, you're thinking of like psychiatrists, people people Psych- who specifically work with remedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not mine. Is more I'm more interested in the research aspect of it. And the research could be anything. It could be business. It could be, I mean, there's there's like a political science uh, psychology now. Political psych, yeah. Yeah, which is not not wasn't the thing, you know. Shortly ago, there's uh, everything advertisers. One of the biggest jumps in advertising was from. Uh, uh, Dr. Robert Watson, who's uh, the the champion of behaviorism, there's psychology is is infinite. You could use it for the sports psychology, like that. You can use it in so many different things. So I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's no. I don't. I'm getting a my my master's in um, clinical research methods, and I have a master's in uh, education, which is developmental psychology. So I'm getting I'm aiming for two masters. Two masters. Armand has one. It's enough. I have a PhD. That's enough. Do you have a PhD? Of course I do. Very good. Yeah. Piled high. Hmm? Piled high. Because they say a BS is bullshit, an MS is more shit, and a PhD is piled high. What's the D? Duty. 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 I'll say duty. I refer to it as a public high school diploma, but sure. Piled high could Public high school diploma. Yeah. Why not a private high school diploma? Public is more common. We couldn't afford private. Not gonna lie, none of us here are private. Yeah. The rent is too damn high. I may bullshit my way oh, through things, but geez. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Sam, dude, thanks for thanks for joining us, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you for uh, having me, guys. We're gonna we're gonna when you're coming back. Um, Definitely, definitely hit us up. There's a lot more we got to talk about. With I you. mean, hopefully by that point, my my thesis will be. I mean, definitely by that point, my thesis will be out. I'll have uh, I have my first psych paper out uh, coming up this Bro, month. Besides that, there's a lot of different topics we're going to be talking about. I don't know if you're going to be coming back in the fall or the winter, but election season is right around the corner. We didn't even dip into any oh, sort of politics. So that'd be crazy. It'll be. It's gonna. It's a very very interesting time in uh, not only the United States political. Uh, sphere but the world political sphere as well so we'd love to have you back and uh have you sitting down with us possibly uh you know maybe even before the election you never know depends depends on when you're coming break down you know biden's uh mental i don't think biden will be there anymore by that point i think biden will be out of the picture by then really you think michael (laughs) michelle obama michael i don't i don't think mike i don't even think (laughs) I don't even think so. No, I, I think it. Uh, I don't it's know. Be I, Newsom, man. I, I really do feel like Newsom. Chuck is, Schumer. No, no, I think. You need to pull the picture back. <laughs> you should put a Chuck Schumer thing in. Chuck so Trump. you want to lock up the government? Is that correct? That, I don't know what it's about Chuck, Chuck Schumer, bro. Uh, Wait, that would be great if you had like a sound bite sound, of, right? of him saying Chuck something Schumer. like that out of context and just like every time you mention yeah. You want to lock up the government. So you is think that Newsom has a better chance? I think I think Newsom's already doing it. Actually, so if they were going to, why wouldn't they have to have him as a candidate by now? 
No. You're talking about in terms of like the electoral Democratic Party? I, I honestly I don't think anything's gonna change. Biden is gonna run against Trump. It's gonna be Biden Trump. So. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's something if if something were to happen, it would have happened by now. Bro, we're almost in March yeah, at this no, point. I disagree. I disagree. I mean that's good. So it's beautiful so to have think, a disagree. I think yeah. it's good. I think it's gonna be Biden and Trump again. And that's that, that's my, let's let's end yeah. it on this. I think it's Biden Trump. I think it's gonna be uh Big Mike and Newsom as the vibe, vice president against Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be Our, Big Mike as president, Newsom as vice president. What do you think, Arm? That's yeah, cheating. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious what it says. We're looking at deadlines. We're, we're googling deadline to run for president 2024. Um, uh, March 5th. No, what is that? Primary dates and candidate filing. Anybody knows? Levick, if you know what the deadline is. To November 5th? I mean. No, bro. Can't no, this is just the state of the election. No, state state. This is state, bro. This is state. If anybody. Oh, they, they, no, cause maybe, that, cause that would, if it's March 5th, Joe, then obviously you know? nothing's going to. You're not going to wait till March 5th. Because technically, March 5th is when the elections take place. And then obviously, for example, Congress and, and the Senate and stuff, then it goes into the primaries. Did you see the did you see the link right there? How to run for president. <laughs> that's that's wild. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm gonna go study this one. <laughs> well, you're disqualified. All right, all right. I'm disqualified too. Yeah, you'll Google We're this, all disqualified. You'll Google this later tonight. What do you think? What what is your prediction? Yeah, I, I, I don't think uh <clears throat> anything's gonna change as far as even though everything is moving towards them trying to kick Biden out because all of a sudden, you know, the media is kind of speaking against him. There's a lot of. Uh, well, he lost the black vote. You ain't black enough if you ain't voting for Biden. But no, Biden, literally. It's like the, the largest growing group of conservatives. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the only thing that's throwing me off. Otherwise, I think it's a Biden and Trump. And you, sir? Uh, I think it's I think it's Trump versus not Biden. And not not Kamala. I don't know why, but I just I feel like no, she's, no, she's, she's not. Do you think it's going to be Michelle or Michael? I don't. I also don't think it's going to be Newsom. Who they, else do they have, bro? That's the thing. They Newsom. probably have way more than you think. Uh, do you remember the last election when they started off with like twenty six candidates? Yeah. I mean, how many of the twenty six do you know? Moral. Some of them aren't. Like Howard Schultz, who is the the CEO of Starbucks, for example. He's not going to do anything. But no, then I know. I'm just, I'm just like saying Tulsi they weren't Gabber, who basically jump ship. She didn't jump she ship. Didn't she jump was ship. forced out. Yeah, she uh, she annihilated. She's the Elizabeth only Democrat I would vote for. That's yeah, but yeah, but well, she she's, not she, she's no she jumped ship. She's no longer a Democrat. She refuses Great. to be part of the Democratic Party. Perfect. I mean, which is someone we're working on, by the way. It's because they, I, yeah, they 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 Bernie her. They Bernie her. Bernie Vic. Bernie Vic. Yeah, Jack. Jackass. Uh, so yours. Okay, so it's two on two, basically. Let's I'm down. Get the ball. Let's there we go. Uh, check the ball. There we go. Uh, Sam, thanks again, bud. We Thank appreciate you guys. it. This is the uh, really safe, safe travels, travels back to New York. Whatever you're doing here in LA, we wish you best of luck with it as well. Uh, everybody else, uh, have a great week. Have a great weekend. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, go ahead and subscribe right now. Uh, for those of you that are watching us on Facebook, like and share. Twitter, like and share. YouTube, subscribe. Click that like button. Helps us with the algorithms. 
Uh, have a great week. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you guys all next week. Peace. Thank you.